All right, boys, good morning. We have a Sunday morning recording of the Beat Bodega. So everybody has their coffee, except Eric. We're all bright and early. Right, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. You mean you're late. It's it's 11 o'clock. Well, I mean, compared <laughs> to when we were typically record. Uh, I mean, we could record when I wake up, and that'll be fine. No. <laughs> even 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 an, you're an hour uh, behind us. That'd still be early for me. Yeah. But uh, all right, so um, this is considering where we're at, where we're at right now in the world, and and uh, things that we talking about things that we miss. One of them is live music. Um, so this episode is dedicated to live music and or <laughs> the lack thereof, I guess. But uh, yeah, this should be a fun one. Um, I, man, we yeah, miss- so should we have talked about like our favorite shows that we went to, or you could talk about whatever you I want, mean, man. I, I, no, but I, I'm I saying because we we did this off our our favorite live albums, not exactly you know our favorite shows. Yeah, but we deviate anyway. You know? <laughs> I mean, it's never, it's never stopped us. No, I'm just yeah. saying. It's... No, I. But the, the so I mean we do this as a base and then we go into I mean because. I mean, obviously, we need to talk about it. Oh, is that how this show works? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, is, is that is that what people refer to nowadays as mansplaining? Is that what that means? No, mansplaining. Were you mansplaining to me? No, it, no. I mean, uh, we 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 have to deviate. We have to deviate because if not, we would just stick to those, and then we wouldn't we wouldn't go any further. I mean, how many times have we? Are you still mansplaining? <laughs> I, I, I mean. Uh, think think about how many episodes we ended up in the WB. Wait, is, uh, are we still mansplaining? Are we're, we still? We're still we're still mansplaining. <laughs> um, I do miss shows though. I I, I know you know. I, I mean, obviously, uh, Carlos here in Texas, you don't get you don't you don't get to be down here as much. But we, uh, Eric and I, usually at least go see a couple shows a year, man. And it's it's been you know this what kills me is that sucked. Carlos has the best music scene. I know he has a better music scene than we ever had, Good. and he hasn't gone to a show up there, man. Well, but, you've seen a few things. Well, right? well, you, but first of all, both of you are wrong. I see more shows than you guys ever do. That's true because I, I work in the venue. It's just <laughs> new. It's, it, it's just you're, new kids you're working. It's not the same. No. Not only that, but it's you're watching like new kids on the block and you know shit yeah. like that. <laughs> <laughs> shout out! Shout out to! Shout out to my BFF Jordan Knight. No, do not that, fuck with new that, kids on the that, block. That actually did happen. That is. I know. <laughs> and who else opened up for them? Was it? Wasn't it like salt, a whole salt and pepper? Salt and pepper, man. Oh That's shit! Fun. And naughty by nature. Hey, but new kids, they brought it, didn't they? No. Come on, man! It was Jordan Knight. No, how was how was how, how were the dance moves? Slow. I'm gonna yeah yeah. It, they probably lost a step. Yeah, how a were the bit. fans? They still love them, right? Oh my God! That it, it's watching watching an entire arena full of you know women our age losing their mind like if they were 16 was fantastic. But that's awesome. Oh, also sad. But yeah, there's. Fantastic. So there's a video. I don't know how old it is. I don't, and I don't know. Uh, don't ask me how I ended up watching it. But there's a video of New Kids on the Block, and it's like something about the boy band or something like that. But guess who makes a special appearance as the teacher in the class? Who? Debbie Debbie Gibson. She's still Deborah now, guys. She, yeah, Deborah Gibson. She still looks amazing. Yeah, she she was always pretty hot. But yeah, no, I and you're right, Eric. I I do I do live an hour away from the the music capital of of, of the. I know, man. I'm so jealous. Well, man. Let, let me tell you how great his music scene is. I went to visit him over there. Not only did I get to see one of my favorite bands live with 
awesome seats. Thank you, Carlos. Thank you very Aqua? much. Oh man, I still haven't seen them. <laughs> but then we, we drove like what 45 minutes to Austin <laughs> and we saw this cool ass rockabilly surfer band <laughs> that we no, left that, midway that, through. No, that was here, that was here in San Antonio. Oh, it was San Antonio, my bad. Hmm. Oh my god. <laughs> you Texas, you Texas, Texas is that big that you drive 45 minutes, you're still in San Antonio. Yeah. Yo, the dudes actually <laughs> pulled out like hairspray and a comb in the middle of the act and started combing their hair. That's how, you know, into their gimmick they were. And Love did it. we and, and did we have the best tacos after? Yeah, oh, yeah we did. Excellent. <laughs> nice, they came bro. wrapped them in aluminum foil. That's yeah, you know that that's you know, that's you know legit. that's yeah. That's it. But I mean now nah, they have a fucking awesome scene over there, man. Yeah. We saw like uh the biker gangs. It's the first time I've ever seen a biker gang. I've never seen that. Anyway, like like Sons of Anarchy? Uh, I, yeah, yeah uh, the see Boost Fighters, the which is one of the first biker bands. Um, they're actually you ever heard of the movie The Wild Ones with Marlon Brando? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Lee Marvin. Well, it's based on that gang that they had the Hollister riots in California. I forgot what year it was, but um, their um, Terminator is also a president of one of the chapters of the Boost Fighter, not not Arnold Schwarzenegger. I was about to say, Arnold Schwarzenegger? The one that runs really fast, Patrick. Uh, oh, yes, 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 yes. So I, we got to see that. We got to see this like 60-year-old, no, nah, he, he was maybe 50, dressed like he was from the 50s, like well, that, completely that's, anachronistic. It was crazy. But that, and he's in his old vintage motorcycle. But that's that, like, that whole part of Austin, that Congress, I haven't, that, everybody's like that. I like, love oh, that. Man, that area it's is so amazing. crazy. That's it's where, so insane that's and where, beautiful. That's where Gilbert went to Top Notch Burger. All right. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah, you didn't take um, Yeah, shout out to Austin, bitch. man. Yeah. But I, I did, I did, and I, I actually, uh, later in the podcast, I'll talk about the venue itself. But um, uh, I, I, I saw Mattis Yahoo at Stubbs Barbecue, and I'll explain that venue because it's, it's actually pretty cool. Uh, Austin City Limits, I was there. Uh, we saw... I got to see Gaslight Anthem, which was my favorite band. Eminem. I mean, it was. There, I heard. I heard. Uh, I, I heard. I heard Massachusetts is beautiful this time of year. <laughs> Why does that? Well, you, you 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 know that they're filming the supposedly the new Obi Wan Kenobi in, uh, in Austin, Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Yeah. yeah. Well, let, let's leave that to the movie <laughs> podcast and the TV. I think we did it, Gilbert. <laughs> we got under Carlos' skin. <laughs> uh, yeah. Four minutes in. That's, that's, I think that might be record time. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, yeah. Where's Eileen? That was, <laughs> all right. So uh, you, we'll go around what you guys picked. Like I, when I sent you guys the text message, uh, you know, I said DVD, concerts, albums, as long as they're live, you know, uh, tell us what you got. Uh, Eric, you want to start off first? So, since we're yes. welcoming you back. I know, man. We missed you, buddy. Thanks, man. I, I miss you guys. I got to, I, I went camping. That was nice. nice. I got to spend some times out, some sometimes. Uh, you missed some a lot time of outdoors. You missed it a lot of cool. masturbation talk. Yeah, I know. I still haven't listened to the show. I think I, I told Carlos I think that's the only show I'll probably listen to because I'm not on it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think it's a good thing that I missed that show. You might have lost viewers if I was talking to them. <laughs> that guy's disgusting. What's wrong with him? But um, I I I obviously didn't pay attention like I should have. So I didn't know we were supposed to submit like the live song. No, 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 you weren't. Uh, you, oh, okay. you weren't. I just made a playlist out of what you guys gave. Oh, me. all right, awesome, awesome. Yeah. So when when I, when I go through my list, you want me to to name my top songs from that album? Or? What, whatever you again. 
Oh, well, just do it. Let's 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 freehand it, right? Yeah. Let's 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 throw it into the ether. Yeah. All right. My first one was the Pesh Mode 101. Um, I think this I, I don't remember when this was released. I think like 80 somewhere mid-80s. Uh face to face live, 1998. You knew they Good were album. gonna make it. Good album. Uh yeah. Simon and Garfunkel um in Central Park, 1982. I like that you picked that. Yeah, man. I, I really I'm really sad. I, I think like Simon, Paul Simon got the short end of that stick, you know. Yeah, but then he later he he did uh you could call me out. So <laughs> you didn't get Eric's joke. I got you. Yeah. I... <laughs> um Johnny Cash at Folsom. Um this was actually like two he did two concept albums, I think, that same year, nineteen sixty nine. It was this one Folsom and San Quentin. And I picked two songs from each. Um, so I kind of cheated there. Um, and then I had Bob Dylan, the 1966 sessions, like the, I guess they were just compilations from, from everywhere around the world. Right. And, um, I, I added one extra. I, 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 again, I couldn't count either. Um, Iron Maiden, um, live after death, 1985, which is pretty fucking awesome. You know, it was, it was tough for me not to put that in the playlist because it does have one of my favorite crowd participation songs. The fear in the dark, or fear yeah. in the dark. It's every time they play it. Like the coolest version of it is the rock and Rio one, and you. But it's something about Brazil and any other southern country oh, when they, they do metal concerts, the crowd participation is fantastic. But that has one of the best. Like just to open when everybody's like, oh, and then dude, it's. It was tough putting because I wanted the the you know obviously the the mix yeah. to flow, but it's it's awesome. So yeah, so my top songs for Depeche Mode, Everything Counts, which I also got to experience live because of Carlos. And it's at the very end when the whole crowd starts singing, they're grabbing hands, grab all they can. Mm -hmm. um, it's just the whole crowd just goes nuts. And to see it live, you know, after watching it, watching the video so many times, it, it was pretty cool, except, you know, for lighters now it was cell phones. Cell phone yeah. Right? So, yeah, yeah. you know and, and and i had good seats i was sitting in front of some nba legends <laughs> and and it was well, crazy because once once what what you say that loosely for one of them oh yeah. i don't i don't i didn't know who they were right yeah. but the best part were <laughs> this is this is so you guys understand what an idiot i am i everybody's walking in front because it was like the 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 front and there's a walkway right in front of it so everybody would stop in kind of in front of me and it's elevated and they're taking pictures. And I'm like, why the fuck is everyone trying to take a picture of me? You know, and I'm just trying to move. And it's like, man, you know, so finally Carlos comes. I go, yeah, dude, I don't understand. Like, everybody's just like taking pictures. And it's weird. He's like, Eric, you're an idiot. <laughs> Behind you, you have two, like, two, two spurs. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. It wasn't for me. Yeah, he has a future Hall of Famer and another guy. And then <laughs> Eric thought it was for him. Like, no, no, you have better seats than the guys that play <laughs> basketball there. So then I had um, uh, face to face. I put um, AOK, -okay, which this one I really liked. And it made me happy that Carlos knew me. He picked, he put this song on the playlist too. He knew my favorite face-to-face -face song, so thank you for that, Carlos. Um, Simon and Garfunkel, I had The Boxer and Homework Bound. Just really love those songs. The one you picked is incredible, too, um, and I know you'll enjoy it. Me and Julio down by the schoolyard. For some reason, that always reminds me of uh, Wes Anderson movies. I don't know why. It's something like he would stick it. Is that his name? Is that, uh, uh, is that the yeah. dude who did... Uh, the Royal Tenenbaums? Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, Johnny Cash is Cocaine Blues at Folsom, and then St. Quentin is Boyning Sue. Like, how gangster is that guy, you know, to play at a prison? Yeah. Bob Dylan, just like a woman, and Iron Maiden is Number of the Beast and Run to the Hills. Run to the Hills! Well, and, and just, you Almost know, and, and I'll go through, <laughs> I'll go through the playlist after, uh, after we go around the horn, but it's if on the playlist, I, I started it, or I added a Folsom Prison Blues. The only reason I added it's because that's the iconic Johnny Cash line. Hello, I'm Johnny Cash. So it's like, I had to throw that in there because, but it's, there's so many good, there's so many good so many yeah. good songs on that um, and just the interaction with him and the and the yes. soulmates like the the part where he's asking for water and then so you know that that's it, and these are like hard criminals man yeah, and, the you two know, worst it's... prisons in the planet <laughs> <laughs> and he's just there and and you think that it would inside a riot or something man but they're just loving him yeah but you you gotta understand it's that's that's what he stood for that's why he was the man in black he was he stood for those guys but it's um and then, and then to kind of, you know, take little jabs at at the at the at, you know at the people there at the officers and the and the warden. Uh, that's I never get tired of that album. And he, even even having the balls to bring his well, he she wasn't his wife at the time, but to bring her and do songs in a, in a fucking correctional facility like that, that was that was pretty crazy. Gilbert. All right. Um, this was this was gonna shock uh, everybody in the Bodega family, but my first one is Nirvana Unplugged. <laughs> um, and um, I mean, you know, what's to say? I mean, we'll talk about a little bit more as we go through. But um, uh, number two was No Effects. I heard they suck live. Probably like my favorite punk uh, live album. I know there's a lot of them. You know, um, actually the the speaking of Face to Face, their last one was really good. Uh, that came out last year. Um, and then um, number three was Kiss, and I just picked up I just picked a song. It was Rock and Roll All Night, and it came from their Alive album. Um, number four for me was U2 Rattle and Hum, and um, uh, which was a you know a live album, which actually a hybrid. I'll talk a little bit more once we start talking about them. But um, but it was also accompanying the the, the film, which was like a doc documentary slash uh, live album. Um, and then my, the last one is uh, Tesla, uh, and that's the song Signs. Which uh, Carlos so eloquently picked as my favorite Tesla song. Out of the long list of Tesla songs. Right now. Uh, How did right, you yeah. even come up with that? Like, it just—it's a you great live song, man. No, it's, I I get that, but it was just. How did you even recall that song? You know what? what was the, the last when, time you heard that? It's been a while, but the funniest <laughs> thing is when he, the first time, when he was like first suggested doing the live, that's the first thing that popped in my hand, uh, head was Tesla signs. So weird. Well, what the funny thing is he used Tesla signs to replace a Jay-Z and plug song. Right. And that, like, that's what made it funny. I figured he'd pick another like live hip hop song, but no, he went from Jay-Z and plug to Tesla, but hey, it's a great song, man. It's, I didn't know Jay-Z did a... An unplugged, unplugged. An unplugged. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. It's really good too. It's it's it was um the 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 band was uh he had the roots was the band oh. and I, I I mean I I you know we can talk about it a little bit because it, it was originally on my list and it's I just found it cool how they were able to uh, replicate replicate excuse me some of the um the computer sounding stuff for like Timberland and stuff like that but they do that all with live instrumentation it's really cool but well the, the roots are talented man oh yeah they're incredible. 
Was she getting there too? Huh? T-Pain? Or it was no. just Timberland? Yeah, just Timberland. <laughs> Eric, Eric's throwing back a few episodes. It's wow. <laughs> a hell of a callback. Yeah, dude. So, was that it? Was that it, Gilbert? That was your list. Yeah, that's it. That was my list. Wrapping it, wrapping it up with Tesla. Tesla, yep. All right. So, I um, I I pick specific songs. Um, what what I love about live music is when you have those moments that you know you're not going to get on a live album. I mean, on a, on a standard studio album that, you know, when you go to uh, perfect example, uh, Eric and I went to see um, No Doubt uh, years ago. And, you know, well, what? Technically. Uh, well, I saw, saw it. Yeah. yeah. Eric was there. I, I was, was there. <laughs> <laughs> you started off the night there. And yeah. Then, yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, and you know, obviously they play their hits, they play their songs. And then, you know, that's when you catch the cool covers, you know, when you have these live events and then they did Adamant's uh, stand and deliver. And it was, uh, she was on stage. Um, uh, Haley Williams. Yeah, Haley Williams was on stage and, uh, and the girl from the sounds too. Right. I think it was um, all. Yeah. I don't remember her name. Yeah. So, and you know, you only catch those things in live shows. You know, when you catch those moments where, you know, the bands want to have fun or, or where there's, you know, that back and forth with the crowd. And that's when you catch that. So I I actually I'll actually go through the playlist and then highlight the songs that I picked. Just that way we kill two birds with one stone. So I picked um, Queen Under Pressure at Wembley Stadium uh, because obviously one of the most iconic things is. Freddie and, and the crowd going back and forth when he's doing the la, da, 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 like you know all that stuff. I mean, I mean, look how iconic it was. They opened up the Olympics four years ago with uh, with that, you know. So um, I added I added the banter between him and the and the fans and leading up to Under Pressure. Um, the second song on the mix is uh, Simon and Garfunkel, me and Julio at the schoolyard, just uh, as as Eric mentioned. And then um, I went with <clears throat> out of you know, Eric had picked Bob Dylan doing the the his live sessions. I added "Tell Me, Tell Me, Mama," and which is at 1966. Um, Jesus don't want me for a sunbeam from Nirvana's the the next song. Um, Depeche Mode, "Strange Love," <clears throat> Placebo, with Frank Black doing uh, "Where Is My Mind," and that's uh, that was live in Paris, uh, which was. You know, if you want to hear, if you have the opportunity, and you'll hear it on the mix, but when you watch the video and you watch the reaction of the fans when he introduces Frank Black and they realize that they're going to do uh, Where Is My Mind is actually pretty cool. Um, no Effects Linoleum from I Heard They Suck Live. Face to Face A-OK, uh, live in Los Angeles. And then finally, after 20 episodes, I finally add my favorite band. Uh, and it's not even their song, but... Um, Bruce Springsteen with Brian Fallon from Gaslight Anthem doing No Surrender or doing Bruce Springsteen's No Surrender um, Kiss Rock and Roll All Night um, I actually added the Unplugged version um, to this uh, to this mix and then of course out of the many Tesla songs that Gilbert loves <laughs> um, I added Signs which was live at the Trocadero good, and then, good choice yeah <laughs> <laughs> And then Johnny Cash, uh, Folsom Prison Blues, at live at Folsom. 
U2, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. The Rattle and Hum version is the coolest version of that song. Because, it, yeah, because he does it with a live gospel choir. It's it, it actually, it does give you goosebumps. Um, the Killers doing Spaceman live at Royal Hall, uh, at Royal Albert Hall. And then I ended it with Coldplay with Alicia Keys doing Clocks. Um, and although you don't hear Alicia Keys, she's actually the one playing the piano uh, in the song. <laughs> so watch, watch the video because it's, this is what an amazing pianist she is. Yeah, <laughs> he's a penis. <laughs> <laughs> is is you see that she's that he's telling her, all right, this is how the song goes, and she just like kind of looks at him and all right, I got it. You know, like <laughs> oh, come on, come on, Chris Martin, you're talking you, to a girl that was a prodigy. Yeah, did you see the um her her um it wasn't this past Grammys, but the, I think it was like two years ago when she did the dueling piano yeah. things. Well, yeah, it what was a, her. It was songs that she wished she had written. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was, oh, it was incredible. Like, I love Alicia Keys, man. Yeah, but I, I mean, and then to have your brain working like that, where you're playing one song on one and then, the, you know, switch to the other song on the other, I mean, we wouldn't know that type of talent, but. I can't even walk and chew gum at the same time. Yeah. So, yeah, included in that in that list was uh, the songs that I picked, and, and I mentioned it was Queen Under Pressure, um, Placebo with Frank Black, Bruce Springsteen with Brian Fallon, um, The Killers with Spaceman, and then Coldplay with Alicia Keys. So, all right, there's there's a lot of cool things to talk about with live music, like historical moments, historical concerts, venues. Eric, you look like you want to say something. Yeah, just before I forget, um, the Royal Albert Hall with the Killers, doesn't he do a cover of a Joy Division song there? Yep. That he just really goes off. The, it was the, the close- What was the song? I can't remember. Um, what was it? I could sing it in my head, but I can't remember the title. I'll tell you right now. But I just remember him, uh, Brendan Farmer. I'm, I'm a huge fan. The yeah. Killers. They're great. They're, they're, they're... I've seen them live three times now, man. Really? One yeah. funny. Because you haven't seen Nirvana, which is... That's <laughs> kind of... <laughs> well, he's kind of sort of seen them live. You know, now that Sh we have Shadow 4K... Play. Shadow, Shadow play. play. Shadow Play. Now that we have 4K and 8K, and 8K maybe they'll up-convert the DVDs or, you know... Yeah. And or to Blu-ray, and it'll you you could get like an enhanced experience and almost and not feel same. and feel like you're there. Was like yeah. yeah. So not I pray for you, Gilbert. Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they could do a, a a hologram like they did with Tupac. I'm actually going to talk. And about why have they not? I'm actually going to. I'm actually <laughs> going to talk about holograms. Would you pay for that? Uh, would you go see that live? No, nah, I don't know, man. It's kind of no. If, if it was in Miami, yeah, of course. You would. How about if they had Dave Grohl drumming? And and Novacelic, uh playing and Chris bass. playing bass. Yeah, God, that'd be crazy, man. You would go, probably. Yeah, you sold it. You probably. Sold it. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Only if Pat Smear was there. Pat, Pat Smear, I forgot about him. Man. <laughs> I suck. <laughs> so, all right, I, I briefly want to touch on. There was I found a few cool articles. I mean, thank God, uh, thank God for the internet and and. Uh, you know, any any question that you have about music, the cool thing is Rolling Stone has written about it. So, <laughs> so these aren't original facts. Yeah, the, they're original to the they're people original, that happen right? to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, these aren't these aren't uh, tonelook.com facts. These are vetted and oh. investigated. Well, I, well, well, you guys know me, and I and I do extensive research every time because <laughs> I want to be prepared. 
So um, funny enough, um, every time that you, I put up, uh, you know, I put like facts about Tesla signs, everything, everything that kept popping up was something about Elon Musk. <laughs> like, what is this Elon Musk they speak of? <laughs> so look, I, they had listed a hundred uh, historical moments in, in live concerts, obviously. We're going through all a hundred? <laughs> we're going through, no, we'll just, we'll just go through 99 of them and then, but. Hit me. Yeah, I, I've mentioned this before. I, don't, I can't remember if I mentioned this in the podcast or in conversations with you guys. Um, but these are some of the iconic moments in, in live concerts. Uh, one of them, of course, um, is James Brown at the Boston Garden in 1968. You know, um, right? it was right after the death of Martin Luther King. Uh, there was rioting in every major city. And uh, they had debated whether to cancel the concert or not. And uh, they decided to go on with the show, realizing that, hey, you know, this will get a lot of people off the street, diffuse the, the situation. And then they took it a step further where they actually televised the show. Now, at first, you know, James Brown was a little, you know, a little set, uh, you know, a little upset with the fact that, hey, you know, like, I'm also trying to make money. And then uh, his guitar player said, you know, do this, do this for Martin Luther King. And then they okayed it and said, okay, cool. We're going to televise it. And it kept thousands of people off the street, you know, so, and this was his, his uh, live show at the Boston garden. Um, you know, it, it's, they, uh, I think there was a radio DJ that had mentioned that had he not done that, you know, the, the massacre in Boston would have been just as, just as big as the Boston Tea Party. That's what he said. But, um, but I mean, think about it. How how big music is, and what a unifier it is. That you know, James Brown deciding to no, we're going to go ahead with the show anyway to kind of diffuse the situation. We're going to go ahead and go live, and then again, and then they televised it to so everybody could stay home and watch James Brown. Now. In the middle of something with so much racial tension, the the fact that, you know, James Brown, godfather of soul, I mean, ton of controversy, you know, you could look back at his life look back at his life and all the horrible things that he did and all the amazing things that he did, but say, you possibly saved thousands of lives lives that night just by getting on stage. So I thought that was a pretty pretty historic moment in, in live music history. Um Another one was uh, Elton John uh, live at the Troubadour. Nobody knew who Elton John was. He was 22 or 23 years old. Uh, and if have you seen the movie Rocket Band? I haven't seen it yet. I did want to see it. It's, it's a good movie. Um, so they, they actually, they touch on this, but they don't, they don't get deep into it. So nobody knows who this dude is. And he's playing at an iconic club. You know, the Troubadour, that's, you know, how many rock acts didn't go through there. Um, Where's the Troubadour? Is that in, in California? Oh, yeah. So he has a, a small residency, like six gigs. And then um, he immediately took off, just within the rock community. And then in one of the shows, Neil Diamond gets on stage and introduces him. I'm like the rest of you. I'm here because I heard Elton John's album. And then 
Elton John. Became. Neil Diamond's a dick, bro. <laughs> oh my god, he's that kid. I knew the band before. What the? Fuck? Right. I was he, such a fan of Neil Diamond until you made that. No, no, no. I think you misunderstood that. He said, "Just like everybody else, I'm here because oh. I heard his album." Okay. Right. Oh, I thought he was like on on some hipster shit. Yeah, I thought he was being sarcastic. <laughs> no, like, no, no, fuck no. You Neil Diamond, bitch. No, you he's the only one that heard this shit. No, so you, go sing I, some Sweet Caroline, I, I, motherfucker. Uh, no, don't, I knew don't. you better not disrespect Neil Diamond. He was I, <laughs> you almost I knew, ruined it for me, man. No, no, I knew, it's, you're just I knew Elton John when he was in England. Yeah. <laughs> for real, dude. When he was underground. When he was underground. <laughs> Fuck, uh, man. No, but, holy shit. But, Sorry, you just got me really worked up right now. Man. No, it's okay. Calm down. Calm down. Yeah, you just Calm misheard down. it. You're good. So Whew. what but what's amazing is that, that was true for a lot of famous artists with with their connection with Elton John. They had heard his music like in, during that period and people talking about it that all of a sudden went from being just the people that went to go you know just go to the troubadour that night to every major rock artist that was in the area going to see this guy because who is this goofy british kid that's playing the piano and destroying every night and then you know that that little six uh six show stint you know made the icon that he is today and you know that's I mean, obviously the guy's fucking talented um speaking of hipsters oh boy. <laughs> no no so another historic moment and this is more more on the r&b and soul side was um aretha franklin playing at the fillmore now the fillmore was known for hippies i mean that, that's they were hippie acts you know um so they weren't sure you know, she talked to her manager, so why are we here? Like, this isn't my, <laughs> you know, everybody that comes here are, you know, like artists of, of that era, you know, hippies and, and um, you know, speaking of like Simon and Garfunkel and, and, and all these bands, that, that's where they were known to play. So <clears throat> they asked her to go perform. Now, granted, I mean, everybody knows Aretha Franklin, if not the greatest voice ever, one of the. So she says, okay, I'll do it. And next thing they realized, nobody had ever killed as much as she did there. She actually took Simon and Garfunkel's song, Bridge Over Troubled Water, and made it, you know, like a, kind of like a gospel song and took Eleanor Rigby from the Beatles and did her own version. And people were so floored at her performance that you know, it kind of, it, it didn't bring her out into the limelight, obviously, because she had her own fame, but introduced her to the rest of the world and people that didn't hear about. I mean, she basically held a gospel service at a place that was known for, you know, playing uh, rock bands that had, you know, political messages and all that. So she brings her style into this. And then, you know, like the, this was from the promoter, they said, I mean, She's on fire. There's nothing we can do. Like she, she tore up the place, and everybody. They said it, it looked like a like a Sunday church service, like her gospel choir singing. She had everybody putting up their hands, and so you got to realize that you know again the temperature of the world the way it was back then. To have somebody like that perform in a venue that was you know predominantly college students and protesters and potheads and long hair and two sit heads. Sit heads you know, to bring in, you know. So like, I can see how the gospel, like, you know, it could induce a trance-like state. Yeah. 
where yeah. these kids are gonna identify too. Man. Yeah, it's that soulful man. I mean, yeah. Yeah. All right. So, you guys want to want to hear a few more? Yes, please. All right. So, obviously, we have uh, David Bowie and Ziggy. They're doing the Ziggy. That guy does not get mentioned enough on this show. No. <laughs> <Seriously>. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say like Jerry Lee Lewis or you know maybe Jimmy. Throw oh. him out there. But but you gotta you gotta realize they never made it into the top ten. They never the top ten. No, yeah, no. So he he went in. I mean, you haven't seen this. I mean, who's the other the only other person to change their identity and do a whole tour like that aside from Garth Brooks doing that, whatever stupid shit he did? Well, Kanye West. West. Uh, did Kanye West do that too? Yeah, uh, but he was still Kanye. <laughs> you know, but like you know, he Marshall he, Mathers. Eminem. Uh, that's no. his real name, Marshall Mathers. Oh, it is. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Slip so, Shady. Yeah. So this was the best way to explain, you know, what he brought to concerts was, um, you know, he, st- he that he wanted to make music that you could see. Now, granted, you have people like Pink Floyd, Tom DeLonge, Tom DeLonge. <laughs> um, you know, he wanted to make a visual spectacle. So, you know, that that's why, you know, the makeup was loud, the, the you know, the outfits were eccentric. Um, you know, it was like he, you know, a lot of the things that, that came out of this article was he wanted to make it seem like magic. And that's what he brought to to concerts. Now, granted, you had the guys, you know, from the from the 70s, or I mean, from the 60s, that although the music may have sounded like you wanted to see colors, or a lot of people saw colors, you know, under the influence, but they were playing in like hand-built stages. Like if you look at Woodstock, that stage fucking sucked. You know, like they were playing in parks. So when they started playing in venues, he wanted to make that visual. So that was the impact that David Bowie had on on, on concerts. Um, I sent I sent you guys a little picture uh, yesterday. Uh, with uh, Bob Marley making a statement that he likes punk rockers because you know they they fight the system plus they like black people. So yeah, well, but I mean, think think about the first few. You episodes. know who does it? George Bush. George, <laughs> right back to Kanye. Right back to Kanye. I love Kanye, man. Yeah. <laughs> He's my hero. You know we're gonna do a Kanye episode. We should. Oh yeah, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. We should. yeah. But um. So, and I bring that up for that reason, for this reason. Now, we, this was in, in our early episodes when we talked about old, old ska, you know, where a, a lot of those kids that, you know, turned into the punk fans and, and you know, the rude boys, um, you know, they were getting their music because, you know, from uh, old reggae and old ska, because it was kind of taboo and growing up in white neighborhoods where, you know, they'd listen to classical music and, you know, and, you know, they became anti-establishment. So um, now that being said, so this is when Bob Marley played the Lyceum Theater in London in 1975. Now, granted, you're taking a Jamaican guy with dreads and putting him in London. They didn't realize what an icon he, he was. What was the year again? 1975 75. July 75 there was it was a small room and then to drive up ticket sales and show that it was sold out uh, you know they they promoted it and it was supposed to be roughly about 3,000 tickets 
it got so packed with people rushing in there that they they busted the doors open because they couldn't contain people in there. It was so hot that condensation was uh, dropping from the ceiling and through the roof hatches, and they had to push open all the doors because there, it was so hot and they couldn't let air in. So it turned from 3,000 to a can of sardines. You know, yeah. they just people were pouring out. And then that's when people realized, oh, shit, Bob Marley is a fucking icon. You know, he's not just a guy that we could put in a 3,000 room. And, and nobody other, died. And nobody died. This place was crowded and nobody died. I don't know if anybody died, but <laughs> this was... Back, I, 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 I just find that amazing, you know, because you see these other... Like, do you think that the music sedated the people and everybody was just calm and just like... Or, everybody, the floor? or everybody was sedated before the concert? Like, yeah, man, because you think you, you would have done this uh, yeah. like a hardcore show. Now, now what's, cra what's crazy? Now, what's crazier, just to put it in perspective, because the acoustics were sounding were bad in that building... They had actually removed the seats before the concert. Till this day, no one knows what Bob Marley sounds like in that show. <laughs> but oh man! But that so imagine even with the seats out, they were busting at the seams because of that. Because you of that. said it was the Elysium. Uh, L Y C E U M. Oh, oh, okay. Well, can we get a quick talking about that? Um, the the DJ Don Letts. Um, very famous. Um, he was in Big Audio Dynamite years later, but was the DJ at the Roxy in in uh, London, where it was they started doing punk rock. So that in between um, in between songs or in between bands, excuse me, he would play reggae. Yeah. So and that's how that's how and you know like the later ska and punk rock mix was you know was founded was because of of Don Letts, which is crazy to think about. Yeah, old school punk kids. All right, so I have a few more, but I'm I'm gonna say two more, and then and then we'll we'll continue. This one's for Gilbert. Oh boy. So Gilbert, do you know who Nirvana opened up for when they started getting recognized? The Melvins. No, that's right, Sonic Youth. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, I'll read this one to you. So in in the summer before they released Nevermind, Nirvana was still largely an unknown band. They booked a series of European dates, uh, opening up for their friends, Sonic Youth, and witnessed for the first time the power to convert and ignite huge crowds. So that that explains your draw to uh, Sonic Youth and why you like them so much. Well, they, they filmed that, the, the, the year Punk Broke, that documentary is from that, from that tour in, in uh, Europe. Yeah. So again, we all know how we feel about Sonic Youth. But now we know why you hold on to them so <laughs> so dearly. Now they gave, I, they, gave they gave this little band that could a, a chance. Yeah. Have so, you ever have you received feedback regarding Sonic Youth and the comments we make around them? Because I figure yeah, know, Thurston Moore DM me and says stop, stop fucking around. No, mm -hmm. just if they put comments like why no. would they drag on Sonic Youth? I, I just feel like maybe no. we're the only three idiots that don't like them. No, no. Well, uh, Gilbert plays both sides of the fence. Oh, no, no, no! I don't. I, don't I, I have. I have audio. I, like one, I have I, audio. <laughs> no, I like one song, "Bulls and Heather," yeah. and it's not a good song. Either. It's not a good song. Oh, you guys suck! All right, carry on. So, well, I'll actually say I'm. I'm skipping one because I'm sure Gilbert, you'll mention it because it's part of your picks. But um, I'll run quickly through these. As mentioned in the Beastie Boys um, um, episode, uh, Run DMC's "Raising Hell" tour. 
Uh, that's the tour that actually, you know, brought out the Beastie Boys. Um, I just wanted to read a, a funny comment because, um, <clears throat> you know, they were talking to a DMC and he says, he goes, it was strange when we went from having hip hop fans to all of a sudden there's uh, Ramon looking motherfuckers out there. Uh, Madonna looking <laughs> motherfuckers out there and he goes and then we realized you know that the Beastie Boys brought in this you know this genre that we didn't know but I mean it, it was it was just a funny statement and he goes he goes uh he goes we got a bunch of Madonnas asking for autographs he's he go, he's he mentioned I didn't realize that what a big cross-cultural appeal that tour would be because of the Beastie Boys because I mean it was um, Run DMC, Beastie Boys, L.O. Cool J, Houdini. I mean, I mean, amazing lineup as it is. But then, you know, they went from knowing the crowd, the demographic that they had, to all of a sudden, kids with mohawks and girls dressed like Madonna going to their shows, and they're going, "What the fuck is this?" And then they realized, oh, well, it's it's those three crazy guys from Brooklyn. Um, and then, since since we really don't talk about uh, dance music that much. I just wanted to touch on this one. So they consider this, it's it, not the tour, but the one date that they played in, um, in uh, what's that stupid festival um, that everybody loves? Coachella. Ultra? Coach <laughs> Fu uh, what was the, what's one that AJ does? The Future Sounds? Future, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so um, they kind of attribute this performance to how big live DJ performances have, have gotten. And it was uh, Daft Punk performing in Coachella where um, nobody knew what to expect. They thought, okay, these two fucking DJs are going to show up and stand there with no, but then all of a sudden they brought their three, their theatrics to it where um, there was a huge pyramid in the middle of the stage. And then the booth was actually the top part of the, the pyramid. And all of a sudden you see these two guys dressed like fucking robots DJing and with an amazing light show and then that's what blew up the you know the touring dj you know uh, you know 10,000 20,000 100,000 people uh, showing up to their to their shows which was you know they're they're icons in in the in the dance music industry and and oh, yeah. you know you got to give them respect for that but um can i can i tell you a funny story <laughs> so uh there was one um edc i think it was the, the one in vegas that um um, rest in peace to DJ AM when he was alive. He he was uh, I don't know if he was headlining it, but he was there. Um, you know, it was one of the acts, and I think it was Halloween, and he came dressed as one of the Daft Punk guys, and was playing yeah. his first like thirty minutes of his set was playing Daft Punk records. That's funny. And the promoter was like, "Fuck, you're gonna think that Daft Punk is here." <laughs> <laughs> so then he finally and he said they had like a bunch of fans because it was hot outside, and he's you know in that whole suit or whatever. So finally, like thirty minutes. Um, he takes off his hat, you know, the, the, the helmet and it's, you know, it's, it's Adam or, or D, uh, you know, AM yeah. and, uh, and yeah, me, it made him or her first name basis, but, um, uh, no, and it was, uh, AM and then, you know, he went in and, and played the set, but, you know, uh, it's just a funny story that, you know, the, pro the, the promoter was freaking out because he thought people were going to think that, that Daft Punk was there. So you shout know, out to that, that, that dance music too, I think it was like 97 or they had these, um, Gate Crasher albums that were really popular too, and they were it's a yeah. German club, and that was like the first time where, you know, you kind of got that dance vibe with the the, the concert crowd vibe going. Yeah, you hear the audience, you know, and it, it was just a cool, 
cool little thing. But yeah. I'll never forget the first time I saw people actually watching a DJ. I, I was like, what is happening? Right <laughs> it, it looked like they were watching a band and they're just looking at one guy. I think it was, and, and I think it might've been your friend, uh, the, the craze guy that oh, we yeah, met yeah. the other night. Um, and I, I think I was with you. We were at space and everybody was just huddled around him trying to watch him DJ. I'm like, well, what's he, happening a, right now, dude? But I, he's I also, don't understand this. But he's also a trick DJ. Like he does. Right, yeah. Yeah, like yeah he, but he was just spinning music. It wasn't. It wasn't anything crazy. <laughs> yeah, there, there was a there was a point where where it changed to where like the DJ is like the the, the act where like you know people are just not even so much and you know worried about dancing. They're more worried about looking at at you know at Calvin Harris. You know, right? Like they're the star. Button, you know, right? like, you're, coming yeah. to, you're coming to see the act. Yeah, yeah. To hear the music. Like, right, and doing crazy. yeah, like doing you know. I'm art still emojis. convinced that it's it's a track, and they're just. <laughs> Well, some of these guys, you gotta, well, yeah, you got to think some of these guys aren't DJs, they're producers who the only outlet for them to be able to, to perform is to, to quote unquote DJ. So, um, so yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's different. Like, I, it's funny because like when, when I, um, uh, when I opened up for Met the Man and Red Man, I had a little bit of that, that feeling. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had, <laughs> not to toot my own horn, but, um. But no, but I had that feeling because I was like, I was like looking in the crowd, just like staring at me. I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like do like a little shimmy or something. Like I don't know. <laughs> but it's but, cool. but, I, I, I've gotten into Twitch. Are you, are you guys watching DJs on Twitch? I've been known to Twitch. Well, since you started that, I every every now and then it's like on Friday nights, I'm following this other girl, uh, Caper, you know, or yeah. something like that. And and it's nice. It's like I kind of go out. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, due She's to the dope. restrictions and stuff, and and I'm getting that live music experience of going out to a club, and I might dance, maybe. It's not weird. No, but no. you, there's some other DJs that you watch, and it's like you're not doing anything right there. Not <laughs> not Caper. Caper's pretty amazing, yeah. but like there's other channels that I've gone to, and it's like, but she, but they keep pushing the same button, and nothing's happening. Like now, I don't get it. So. I I, I I I mean the only time I've been on Twitch is to watch Gilbert, but the loyalty, yeah, that that's like that 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 video I sent you for all the people that show me love, gracias. <laughs> <laughs> the no what, but I do and I tell I tell Gilbert because um, I I'll watch like Instagram lives with uh, Kid Capri, uh, Stretch and Armstrong, um, Stretch Bobito, yeah, Stretch and Bobito, same. Uh, yeah, stretch, that's, stretch, that's, stretch, that's, stretch, that's a toy. Stretch, yeah, stretch and that's his DJ name, though. Stretch, uh, stretch oh, it is. Yeah. Um, Maceo, uh, who else? Um, oh, uh, Tony Touch. And it's cool because watching all these old school DJs, actually, uh, Jazzy Jeff had a badass one the other day. Uh, but it's cool because they're playing a lot of old school, you know, and, and they're playing Latin jazz and they're playing like shit. Uh, this guy did a whole set on, on salsa. Um, you know, but it, it was cool because it's they're they're actually grabbing vinyl and playing it like it's not Serato or you know touching buttons like they're they're being the old school DJs that they are. And what I've realized, and I, and I don't know this to be true, but um, I, I guess it's mainly because of the algorithm and what I'm following. It seems like a lot of the old school guys have been more active live than the new school guys, like as far as hip hop putting out um you know content all the time as far as live videos uh i mean shit um 
Uh, what's her face? Uh, I can't remember right now, but um, uh, you Cinderella? know, Cinderella. No, no. Uh, uh, fuck. She did. Um, Sheila E. Sheila E. Puts out like her playing the you know the timbales or playing with another live band or like so. It's it's been that's the cool part. I mean, you know, this whole quarantine shit sucks, but you know that they need to express their art and they're doing a lot of live content. So for those like to go, Eric's point, you get these little intimate concerts every so often or these little intimate live moments, you know, where where you're watching some of your favorites in their living room or, you know, in their in-home studio putting out these these little uh, sessions, which is cool. Well, I think I, I think since Twitch, like, you know, you're you're so at least for DJ, like on a DJ wise, you're so um, focused on on maintaining the crowd. So a lot of times, you know, you're kind of like rinse and repeat playing the same songs over and over because that's basically what they want to hear. But I, t- I think with Twitch, it kind of gives you opens up your your musical catalog. So I, I, I've said this before, but, you know, um, you know, everybody was so amazed at D nice, you know, because he's playing, you know, yeah, he puts up uh, shit every day. Yeah, 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 but I'm saying like no, but, but I'm saying even musically wise, like he was you know playing you know '70s disco and '80s stuff, and I'm like, I was like, yeah, Miami DJs play that shit all the time. Like that's not, that's not like a, a shocking thing. But for the people that go to like like their average top forty clubs when they're hearing just like the new rap music or the yeah. new EDM or whatever it might be, when they see guys playing different different stuff, they it's kind of like, but it's this Twitch this thing because you don't have to worry about about losing the crowd if you play some regular sh- you know like some stuff that that you normally wouldn't hear in the in the club because you know you're at home anyway you know and people aren't trying to hear Mo Bamba when they're sitting in their you know living room eating frosted flakes you know what I mean so it's like so it's it, I think I think with Twitch you get you get and, and you also kind of get a, a a um you know a good sign of what the DJ kind of plays and their musical catalog, I guess you could say. And, and shout, out, shout out to Frosted Flakes, by the way. Yeah, man. Yeah. I'm just surprised more more bands haven't taken to the platform. Um, it's it's really just been mostly DJs. Yeah. I saw um, who's the if they're not they're not the Grateful Dead, but they're like their success fish. fish. They did I don't know if it was the full band, but they did a live set like that on Twitch that they streamed uh, a few weeks ago, and it was it was incredible, man. It's it's a good window. It's a platform, and it, and let's face it, this is as close as we're gonna get to live music for, for a, while. a while, man. Yeah. Well, Post Malone had that real cool thing where he did um the the uh, Nirvana. Yes, um, that was great. That about, was really cool. Well, no effects. But Mike, yeah, and all the shit yeah. that he did. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah, it's it's like we have to accept it. This is gonna be the new way. So technically, when you pop thank in, you, a, thank a you DVD, for not thank you for DVD not saying that the new norm. Oh, sorry. No, but like technically when you pop in a DVD of let's say Nirvana unplugged, it's like you're seeing it live now. Uh, you yeah. know, back in 1994, you actually had to be at the show, not working at Fava. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Oh, but but uh, you know, going what back What a tangle web we weave, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> but uh actually going back to artists that did um Goldfinger, they yeah, did another they, one. That was cool. That was really cool too. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Green Day. Uh, yeah, but he was doing with his kids, which is really cool. And now there's this other band that's out, and there's they're saying that it's Green Day in a mask. That, oh, yeah? That's releasing music. Yeah, I, I forgot sure. what the name of it, but I, I I'm just surprised you. It's it's not more prolific, you know. Yeah. And you know what's funny? It seems like actors are taking more advantage of it than musicians. And musicians actually like all the t- all the old reads that they're doing. 
Yeah, I, they had a Goonies one, right? Yeah, they yeah. did a whole bunch. They did Ferris Bueller. They did uh, yeah. a whole bunch of them. But and it seems like they're taking more advantage of it. The musicians that actually have content that they could put out that people will actually watch. Like I would watch. Like I mean, look, we paid to watch the you know Fat oh, Mike's Fats. backyard shit, and which was great. And then um, Fishbone is doing a lot of cool shit live too, um, which is awesome. But you know, and it's actually, yeah, we can't go to live shows anymore, but it's, I think with a lot of them, it's forcing them to be creative. A lot of DJs playing, like you said, expand their catalog and go back, you know, and, and bring back some old songs and, and introduce, you know, kids to, to new shit. It'll be, be new to them, but, you know, there's, it'll kind of like what we did with the first few episodes, showing people, hey, this is where it actually came from, you know, so that's pretty cool. Um, according to us, according no. right. <laughs> I mean, we're we're the we're the last and final say in all things music. Yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, all right. So I do have a few more things, and see if you guys want to want to talk to them. So there was another list that mentioned um, the best lineups in concerts or in festivals. Now there was a hundred of them. We're only going to do five. You guys want to go through that? Sure. Can we give our favorite ones? Because I, I have mine right off the bat. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Of Ohio, course. Ohio. All right. So Camp Pumpkin Drublick. I'll I'll start off. I'll, now a, a lot of these are going to be older, obviously, because you know they they were able to do these huge festivals with barely paying the musicians, but. Uh, this was, I, I picked the, from five through one, again, I'm not going to pick through a hundred to, to, uh, one, but, uh, this is the U S festival in 1983. The headliners were the clash Van Halen, David Bowie and Willie Nelson. Now what's cool with this website, it actually shows you who the headliners were and then they, they give you the poster. So you could actually see the entire lineup. Was this one day? No. This was the 28th, the 29th, the 30th, and then um, June 4th. Okay, so those were, okay. Gotcha. So the, the first day, May 28th in uh, 1983, this was the first day. The Clash, Men at Work, Stray Cats, The English Beat, Flock of Seagulls, Oingo Boingo, Wall of Voodoo, In Excess, and for Gilbert, Divinals. <laughs> The second day was Van Halen. You didn't realize they were that old, 83. Or did you know that? that no, I didn't know that. No, yeah, no. Yeah. Same and, uh, within excess early. I mean, well, I knew I knew an excess. Right? Yeah. All right. So the second day, Van Halen, Scorpions, Triumph, Judas Priest, Ozzy Osbourne, Joe Walsh, and Motley Crue. Scorpions. We are Scorpions. <laughs> <laughs> Wind the change. The 30th. This was the, the, so it was Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and then June 4th, which was the following Saturday. So Monday, this was a great lineup. David Bowie, Stephen Nicks, John Cougar, Pretenders, U2, I don't know who Quarter Flash is, Berlin, and Little Seven, and the Disciples of Soul. I don't know who that is either. That sounds awesome. Like, like the Little Tokyo Boys of Darkness? Yes. <laughs> and then the, the fourth, or the fourth day was geared towards country so it was willie nelson alabama waylon jennings hank williams jr uh emmy lou harris uh, riders in the sky thrasher brothers and ricky skaggs who's 
Not country. Does it give you numbers? How many people attended? No. No? No. Oh, um, what was the location? It was in San Bernardino, California. I'm sure. Man, you know, when I think of those multiple day festivals, all I think is exhaustion, piss, and shit. Anywhere you can, Eric. Anywhere oh, you can. <laughs> you know, like now we, we have, like, they, they're pretty good about providing portalettes, man, but I'm sure there was a time. No, yeah, but think about it. You, know? man, you do enough drugs, you're not going to shit or piss because you're not going to be eating. <laughs> but, um, all right, so the number, that was number five. Number four. Uh, was the 2004 Coachella, which was May 1st and May 2nd in Indio, California. The headliners were Radiohead, The Cure, Kraftwerk, Air, and The Pixies. <clears throat> which I wasn't really that impressed with this lineup compared to other lineups that they've had. Can I tell you something about Coachella? Can I express my own personal opinion? Overrated? Overrated. I would never go to see them. No. Yeah, like, it's not something I would... It's like... It, I, I don't I don't want to say I don't I don't want to be condescending, but it's like pop music or it, it's just it's trendy music or at yeah. the time, and it's just more of you being there than the actual music because right. there's almost like no flow to the event either. Yeah, I like when I went to ACL. ACL is cool because it's not it's not like that. It's it really is just you know jumping from stage to stage, listening to a variety of artists, and they it's it's not pretentious. They don't overthink it. And then plus you have all these cool events throughout the city, you know, where you get, you could walk into a small venue and all of a sudden you have a big artist playing there to a small crowd. Right. Um, yeah, man, Coachella just has that money grab vibe. Yeah, it. and even Bonnaroo, Bonnaroo has turned into that. Where So I had a, a kid that worked for me that he had worked, he works the comedian's tent in, uh, in Bonnaroo and apparently has worked it for ever since Bonnaroo started. And what is he, the comedian's tent? He just tells jokes all day? What do you got? No, it's a tent. It's a concert, but it's like, so there's a tent that's just rotating comedians, but it's all huge comedians. So um, he he's in charge of transporting them back and forth, and he's kind of their liaison. And so, um, but he says it was cool when it was pretty much kind of like Lollapalooza and, and, and Austin City Limits, but now it's turning into Coachella where, you know, you get to rent these these fucking expensive yurts for, you know, $1,200 a day. And it's all luxury and like, it's lost its, its feel, but, uh, but you're right. Coachella's turned into a place to be, not a place to go, you know? So, but this was, um, I'm not going to read all the acts on, on each of the day, just because they're lit, these lists are long, but the first, about, uh, did Firefest make, uh, make the list? Yeah. <laughs> Headline, headlined by dysfunctional youth and uh, DJ. <laughs> oh, but, yeah, so it was radio. The first day was Radiohead, Pixies, Kraftwerk, Wilco, uh, Noise Conspiracy, Sparta, Desert Sessions, and a bunch of other people. I have no idea who they are. Uh, Death Cab for Cutie was there. Um, but, <clears throat> oh, look, Mark Farina. But um, the second day was The Cure, Flaming Lips, Air, uh, Bell and Sebastian, Basement Jack. So, Coachella, I think Coachella just made the list just to make the list. Because, I mean, especially to hit number four when there's a thousand, I mean, a, a hundred total in that uh, top 100. I looked at some of them. I'm like, how did no Lollapalooza lineup make it there over this Coachella lineup? Seriously. You know, or even things like Warp Tour or, you know, there's there's so many other sh uh, 
uh, events that are much better than that list. So we'll dismiss Coachella. Sorry for anybody that loves Coachella, <laughs> but um, you know, keep the Instagram pictures <clears throat> to prove it. Yeah. <laughs> but um, July 22nd and 25th of, well, uh, did I forget to put the year? Oh no. 1965. This would have been a fucking amazing concert. Headliners, Bob Dylan, Joan Baez, uh, Pete Seeger, Peter, Paul, and Mary, and Johnny Cash. This was, you know, <clears throat> look at, you guys won't be able to see it, and I'm not going to go through this list, but those are all the artists that played that concert. Across how many days? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight days. And it was the 60s, bro. The, the patchouli must have been running rampant. Deep. Oof. Deep. So. Grajo. Grajo. I would have loved it. And uh, now I'm in an ecstasy out there. Mm, let me smell your pits, girl. Let me smell your pits. All right. So that was number two. And I mean, I mean, it's eight days. Uh, and it seems like, you know, over 50 artists. Um, but again, headed up by Bob Dylan, Joan Baez, uh, you know, and all these great artists. This was uh, the Newport Folk Festival in um, 1965. Number two. What do you think number two is, Gilbert? Uh, Coachella. Okay. Thank you, Eric, for providing the right answer. It is Woodstock. Um, obviously, I, I think... Biscuit. What year? What year? Lip Biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I mean, arguably, arguably, maybe the most, the most hey. talked about concert of all time. But... What was the what was the first the second Woodstock the one that was televised it was like it had open access to everybody you know thanks to MTV and I think pay per view right which but, was kind of cool so the people that couldn't make it were able to see it too right so that but, was kind of a great experience right but I mean I mean historically the most talked about concert I believe now I agree that it's number two and then number one is I'll, I'll reveal it in a second but I mean think about what you had there Jimi Hendrix playing the national anthem. Uh, you had uh, uh, Joe Cocker's version of uh, "With a Little Help from My Friends." Um, you know, Santana. Santana. His set was, you know, and and how accessible those artists were. Like literally, it was a handmade stage in the middle of a fucking farm in New York, in upstate New York, that a bunch of kids got together and rented. And what was supposed to be not the fucking fiasco that it turned into. But, you know, I mean, you've seen pictures of it. It's, you you know, people till, you know, we were, you couldn't even see anymore. And abandoning if, cars. Just ab um, right. Abandoning cars. A lot of STDs. A lot of STDs. Gilbert, that episode was last week. <laughs> the, Nobody take the brown <laughs> Yo, could you imagine hearing that and you just drop that shit? Like, fuck. No, well, but it's gonna be a ride, brother. Yeah, strap <laughs> on. <laughs> but I mean, you know, the headliners: Jimi Hendrix, CCR, Crosby, Stills and Nash. Um, sorry, Crosby, Stills and Nash, and Young, and then the Who, Santana. Uh, I mean, it, it's yeah, it's untouchable. Yeah, it's yeah. I I don't think there's there's I don't think there's a festival that's been more documented than that one. Most more talked about it. Or more most talked about. I'm and it was built with the 
like the foundation of the Vietnam War and the, and the peace thing. So it was it was right. more uh, altruistic thing that these bands came came together too, right? It wasn't really yeah. really like a, a money thing because I no. don't think they were offering. No, they didn't make shit like this is so. Um, it said actually says here the three day festival spilled into four days. Yet before any of that happened, the lineup itself was already revolutionary, causing going going back to what you mentioned. 400,000 people to trek to the middle of nowhere just to see it. 400,000 people. Thank God there wasn't Rona back then. Yeah, that'd be bad. But if, and if you ever have the opportunity to drive through there, there's, there's not much. I mean, it's just a few farms, a bunch of rolling hills. But what is cool is, you know, you're driving along the side of the road and, uh, you know, like kind of like the, plateau sides like all these rocks you see like people that painted their name or you know like drew logos of their favorite band so like they haven't touched that that's still like that cool yeah and then number one i actually have this dvd but uh is the monterey international pop festival 1967 this was uh headlined by Jimi hendrix the who uh ravi shankar uh, Otis Redding, Janis Joplin, Jefferson Airplane, and Simon and Garfunkel. Um, you know, Woodstock obviously has its, you know, mythology. And and uh, this is for you, Eric. I mean, for you, Gilbert. You know, lays in the pantheon of, oh, nice. of festivals. But it's uh, musically, there was a lot of talent in the Monterey Festival. I mean, it actually still goes on. But, you know, Janis Joplin, I mean, who's vocally extremely unique. And so... That that was the top five out of the hundred. Live um, Aid didn't rank it. Or what Live Aid, I thought would have been top five. I I well, I would have definitely removed Coachella. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, yeah, I mean, Live Live Aid. I mean, we have so I I did uh, I did include uh, kind of the I have a list of the top venues and then top moments or some of the top moments. Uh, we can go through those of you guys like, but I want to. Are we going to go through our stuff though? Yeah, go, go ahead, jump in, do your thing. Well, not well. Now I don't want to be the first asshole. No, I know that, that you you fucking opened your mouth. It's now you got always gotta... better to be the first asshole. Trust me, it's a lot. <laughs> um, Did you say it's a lot cleaner? Is that yeah. what you said? <laughs> um, all right, so I'm going to talk about uh, my favorite band of all time. And they're the greatest unplugged performance of all time. Tesla, got it. Tesla signs. <laughs> um, so Nirvana uh, unplugged, and uh, you gotta use the word acoustic very loosely, because the actual guitar that Kurt had actually had um, like pickups and control knobs. So it was, and they actually it was plugged into like uh, to like a, like Fender kind of a like a. Uh, pedals and stuff like that so and you can hear it a lot um on on the man who sold the world it's it basically sounds like an electric guitar um but um but it had such i mean it's you know it was such a different vibe because they could have gone and just done what everybody else did which was play basically play Nevermind in acoustic versions but they decided to do it completely different make it a lot more um not somber but it, it was kind of like a little bit more mellow i guess than you know like average rock thing would have been but, but um, in other words they broke the rules of the show but in gilbert's eyes they can't do any wrong because they're nervous never is nope. eric eric would that be mansplaining 
Oh my god! <laughs> that, was, that was a very listen. I take umbrage to that. Okay. Oh, and there it is. <laughs> but um, did, did but, you did you do all that shit just to get to that word? That's that's. <laughs> it's 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 chess, not checkers. Um, <laughs> so, but was that a controversy? Did people dispute that? I don't think I don't think they did because you know Nirvana's awesome. So who so you was, it was up there with Bob Dylan going electric. Yeah. So yeah. you. Well, that 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 was a I don't that was I, huge. That yeah, was that was huge. Game. But I can't believe you went through this whole thing just to get to that word. No, no. But um, <laughs> but um, but it was cool. Like they did a bunch of covers. Um, and you know it did have like a very like I said a very like kind of like somber mood to it. It was like, um, but you know he some of the some of the most you know the man who sold the world is an incredible Bowie cover. Um, and um, you know uh, it really and it kind of put like you know they they started off the concert with about a girl. Um, which was on, you know, obviously on, on their debut album, Bleach, which a lot of people didn't even know about that song. And they just did a beautiful version of it too. And it was, it was, I don't know, it was just, it was good. Um, the funniest thing I thought about was Dave Grohl, who was normally the most aggressive dub- drummer ever. And wearing, he, a, wearing like, a turtleneck. And, and playing these, like, he's like, gentle. <laughs> you, using the brush. It's almost yeah. like, he's, he looks like he's hurt. Yeah. Yes, You know, man. like, this is causing me so much pain. Yeah. I don't even know how to operate at this. Uh, yeah, I've never seen anybody look that uncomfortable playing. Oh, drums. my God, it's amazing. Um, And, you know, obviously they had the three uh, Meat Puppet so- uh, songs on there. So they, again, introduced probably a whole new uh, people to, to the Meat Puppets. And the Vaselines. Um, and, the, yeah. I mean, uh, Jesus, I mean, that's another, just such, such a great cover. Um, and, um, and yeah, it was just, it was an amazing. And then, you know, obviously, you know, Kurt passed away six months later. So it, it kind of, you know, like, the, I guess, like some of the somberness, I guess, you know, um, apparently he was um, like going through really bad uh, withdrawals um, around that time. So I guess kind of attributed to that. But um, I didn't realize that was so close to his death. Yeah, man. Wow. You know, six months later. Yeah. Yeah. But, and also, you know, going, going back to our MTV episode, how big MTV Unplugged was and how so many of these uh, acts, you know, or how many of these performances actually became iconic in, in live music. Like, well, yeah, I have a fun, a fun fact about, about our famous, our famous, our favorite group Tesla about that, but uh, no. we'll get there when, when, when we talk about Tesla. And we can never get enough Tesla. No. <laughs> All right. But that was mine. So next person. Tesla was an, was a, was an Unplugged no. too? No. Oh, no. Yeah, because that 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 song came out before him. Well, you I guess I, I mean I guess we'll talk, we're talking about it now. So anyway, so that's yeah, like, yeah. So don't don't yeah. fucking leave us in suspense, bro. So t- so okay. So so the song came out and it was originally done by I have the notes here somewhere. Um, yeah, like, uh, he has notes today. Yeah, he has notes today. Uh, by uh, Fireman Electron uh, Electronical Band or something like that. Oh no, Five Man Electronical Band. Sorry, mm-hmm. and um and they did the cover of it. They were opening up for Motley Crue. Um. And they were on tour with Motley Crue uh, during Dr. Feelgood. And um, they booked a separate performance to do an acoustic thing on their own. They did a cover of, of that um, of that song. And so they, it, it, they released it as a single. It really didn't do much, but when MTV picked it up, then it like skyrocketed uh, to like, I think number eight in the charts overall. But the, the, the success of it, made MTV start doing the unplugged on a heavier version. They hadn't already oh. introduced it, but that song made springboarded, them springboarded unplugged. Yep. Oh, that's yep, cool. yep. Yep. So shout out to shout out to Tesla. Gilbert coming with actual notes. Boom, baby. Yeah. Got him. 
Got him. All right. Just go through the rest of your list. Oh, okay. Here we go. So, um, no effects. I heard they love. Uh, I heard they suck live. Um, it's my. They're, they're one of my favorite punk bands of all time. Um, their longevity period is is you know it's been crazy to begin with. But um, um, and that 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 actually album it it opened up a lot of songs of their catalog from previous. So you know a lot of you know a lot of us got in uh, listening to um. No effects with punk and drublick, but you know you started hearing Bob and all these other records from their from their early catalogs, and so it really you know and and they're just they're funny. It's great. It's punk rock live is is like no other uh, you know genre of music. It, it, it doesn't rhyme. <laughs> I mean, there's uh, yeah, and it's you know they're like they're you know you hear in the concert like people are spitting the people in the front row are spitting at them. You're like you know what what what, what other like, story? You have to appreciate it because. Even in like can't play this song in the radio. Like, there's a point where the, the only choice he has is a word to rhyme, which is rhyme, yeah. and he says rim. Like, yeah. that's the joke that No Effects is. You know, yeah. like, that's how yeah. awesome they are. No, yeah, they, they don't take themselves seriously. Yeah, they do. Know, they do a lot of that shit and all the and, and so you name an album. I heard they suck live, and then you followed up with another live album with they've actually gotten worse live. <laughs> right. You know, like <laughs> yeah, and it's. I mean, it's. Um, it's part of, of 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 the awesome thing about going seeing them live is like the banter between the, the the audience and like especially with Fat Mike obviously you know but um, but it was cool and then, even amongst themselves oh, or, yeah. or with bands that are on the side watching them yes and like yeah. They're, yeah they're entertaining as shit yeah they're awesome and you know uh, Eric and I saw them I think it was like four or five years ago um, at um, at Revolution and man you know what when they played and we went to the book signing too so yeah we, got, we went to the we book signing before them. yeah they and made but when fun they, of me. Yeah. They called me hair. <laughs> uh, it was because my hair is beautiful, but yeah. Um, we went to jealous. I know Fabric they, was jealous. Huh? When they went to when they played linoleum, it just took me back to 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 us first times. No, or just us first discovering uh punk and drublick and how that album really changed all of us, really. You know what I mean? And um so it it's was just cool. when you hear that guitar like that, yeah, like, man. Just... And shout out to speaking of Goldfinger, they did a fucking amazing cover. Um of linoleum um and i think we talked about it before but it was it was awesome you know the irony of, of a statement made earlier how eric now is the the owner of the beautiful hair in this group when we used to envy gilbert's hair oh my god it was amazing gilbert hey look totally off topic but so you guys know gilbert used to have the most beautiful locks in the world yeah he was the envy of all the women <laughs> like they loved his hair yeah it now was, it's gone it was amazing you know what happened? It's when you dyed your hair fuchsia and baby blue. Right. Yeah, destroyed bro. it. You would have never destroyed that. If you would have never yeah, done then, that, you would have had amazing hair. Yeah, man, look, look at Eric now, the silver fox that he is with that hair. Bam. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I, my other... I, oh, sorry. I, I, Are I we never done with my hair? That's the part, bro. Yeah. I mean, Damn, Carlos. I, hey, wait, fuck you. I, I, I'm going I'm to write it. I'm going to write it out. I, guess who, have to do that. Guess who never had good hair? Me. So fuck <laughs> you both. <laughs> well, there was a period during the kid and play days where you were able to do your eraser head look. Well, yeah, because my okay. hair grows up. That shit was fucking cool. <laughs> but uh, go ahead, Gilbert. All right, so number three, uh, the other, well, not number three, I guess we're kind of jumping around, but uh, my other one was Kiss Rock and Roll All Night. Um, so Kiss Alive was the band's, I think it was like the fourth, technically or third or fourth album that they did, but the first albums never sold at all. Um, but they had this cult following because of their touring. And so the, 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 um, 
I think it was Casablanca was the recording label, uh, record label at the time, decided to, well, they want to kind of capture the Kiss sound on, on, on live. And that, because that's what their band was known for, basically, was their, was their live performance. So they decided to put this, this, um, this live album out. And, um, you know, there's a lot of, I guess, um, mystery behind it because they said that there's, it's not completely a live album because I guess they, they went back and re-recorded some guitars and stuff like that, but for the most part. Um, and then, the, you know, obviously the, the, the standout song is Rock and Roll All Night, which actually the one that they played on, on the radio had the studio version under it. So it's still, you know, it, it gives you a live feeling, but it, there was still some studio sound behind it. Um, you know, Kiss became obviously one of the most iconic groups of all time. I was a huge Kiss fan growing up, so... I think it was just the makeup, probably. But you, you know what? I so they, uh, the, this past year they did their final tour. Uh, well, for the last they're, time. They're, for the last yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> and that's actually one of the times that I actually kind of stopped working just to see. They put on a fucking show. I yeah, mean, and they're like gr- seventy already, right? But granted, <laughs> granted, I think a lot of it is smoke and mirrors. Like they distract you with all the shit that they're doing, <laughs> right? Because I mean, look. Iconic songs, iconic band, but I mean, it's not like watching, you know, fucking uh, Dream Theater or whether that, oh my God, these guys are incredible musicians. Then, yeah. You know, know, my favorite song from them is a disco song. Oh, yeah. I was made for loving you. I I love that song. I don't know why. And my favorite song, yeah, but. That my favorite song from them is not even them together. It's just Ace Freely. Oh. <laughs> um, but you know what? Uh, uh, not to go. It's gonna sound like an. I'm gonna sound like an asshole. But not going back to Nirvana. But a lot of the, a lot of the times, um, they they um, I think when Butch Vig did um, uh, Nevermind. I think Nirvana was another band that was you kind of had to see them live. Obviously, I didn't get to see it. I was told six six hundred times by Eric. Eric, but, please, um, <laughs> please tell us, Eric. Please tell us how was it. But they wanted they did want to kind of capture that that essence of the of the band live. Um, and some some bands are uh, like, dude, face to face live is the most incredible. Like their studio albums do not. I mean, they don't. What they like, it's like when I saw them, especially not so much in the uh, in the when we saw them in Ohio because it was an outdoor festival. When we saw them at a culture club. There, it's like blistering. Culture room. What, yeah, culture room. It's blistering. Their their sound is incredible, and like I said, the, the records don't do them justice. You, you know I'll what? I forget Rudy when he went to see him for the first time, and it's one of the shows I miss. And thank God they decided to get back together because they had split up like just. Oh, I didn't know that. Ninety-eight, yeah. Oh. And then they started touring again, but they were playing acoustic sets. So like that, they got back together and did that. We were to see him in Ohio, and then again in culture room. But I'll never forget a friend of ours, Rudy, telling us that when he went to see them, he started crying because just how emotional they they play, you know, and they're they're in your face and the guy's belting out with everything he has. And I, that's how I feel when I see face to face, you know, like you look at these guys and and the way they're singing and, the, and what they're singing about and it. it it doesn't match, but it works. And yeah. you're like, this is fucking badass. You know, I, and you know, I, I don't know if you guys feel the same way. I think you, you get that more with punk bands than any other genre, because I, I think they don't stop being kids. You know, they, they still feel youthful on stage and then that energy and they've, yeah, they, they get to play things like warp tour and all that stuff, but the majority of their touring is small venues, you yeah. know, so they don't lose that that being a being a fan of 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 that of being a they're still punk fans like uh 
you know, th there's a clip that I love that it's um, bouncing souls are playing a small club. And then they ask, you know, every band does this. Does anybody know how to play anything, whatever? So they bring this guy on stage and it's, dude, if you watch the video and it's every fucking venue we went to as kids and, you know, bouncing souls, they, they could fill a large place, but no, this is a fucking bar. Like it's tiny. And this was, you know, they're already successful, you know, but you watch these bands and, and these punk bands and they're still kids when they play, you know, they still have fun now you watch those people that kind of reach that level of success, but they still keep it small. And then look what happens when they get beyond that and become big. And it's more about the business blink 182, you know, then, then they lose that youthful, you know, feel. So that's why you still get like Dino and I used to say all the time, it's like, you know, punk with feeling because they still give it everything that they got when they sing and they perform. Tim, Tim Armstrong's another guy that's like that, that you, you got to see Hell him yeah. perform. Oh, he's, yeah, he just looks awesome. cool when he plays. It just feels so fucking raw. He kind of reminds me of Bruce Springsteen too. Like they have like this similar, yeah. like just badass vibe on, like, on yeah, stage. Like, yeah, Brian, like, Brian dude, like it's just too. me and the music. It's yeah. just like, me and the music right now, dude. There's nobody else out there. Man. Yeah, like, like, like it's like an aura, like an orange aura. <laughs> I, I see it i see it like his orange aura <laughs> but like look brian fallon from gaslight anthem is like that too like when they do the cover of uh baba o'reilly like or or when you see it, like the little kid in him when he's standing next to bruce springsteen especially when they're when they're doing uh like i put the no surrender song but watch uh look up um gaslight anthem with bruce springsteen doing 59 sound now Ryan I'm being Fallon made a Katy Perry song sound amazing. That's yeah, how the, good he is. Yeah, that good. Yeah, it, and and now this is kind of me being Gilbert, like with him with Nirvana. But Gaslight Anthem is my favorite band. But and but you see those those are still Jersey guys that that are you know think like a small venue but play big. And you know like when I went to see them in Austin City Limits the whole time it's like they're performing for the few people that are in front of them like they don't look deep you know and they're still you know they still have that energy but definitely proceed eric gilbert uh so my last one you two right on hum who um, are those who are those guys tell us yeah it's a little band a little band um and um it's funny because there was some you know I, I i think they get labeled with this a lot especially bono um to be there, you know, it's known to be a little bit pretentious, I guess you could say. <laughs> so, um, so a lot of the critics of the of the documentary slash album was like, you know, who do these people think they are? Because you know, the the premise was it that they went Fucking and traveled. Bono. I know <laughs> that they traveled around and and hit uh, cities of iconic rock cities. You know, so they hit San Francisco, they hit Memphis. You know, the um, they, so they went a, a bunch of different places. So it was it was panned a little bit because of that, but. Um, it was cool. It led to some some great music. Um, you know, they 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 recorded with um, with, uh, with I think with Bo Diddley and BB King on yep. some of the songs. Yep. Um, you know, so um, you talked about you know um, um, they did the the with the gospel when it, uh, still haven't found what I'm looking for. Um, but just just great. Um, the album's good. And the video I, was great too. It was yeah. kind of like shots. I, I just always remember Adam Clayton just looking bad as fuck when he's walking down the street with the beer in his hand and he just yeah. looks back at the camera. Yeah, it's cool. And then they, you know, they famously started with the, you know, with when they played Helter Skelter, it's like this is a uh what is it? Uh, song? 
here's, yeah, yeah. Here's this is a song Charles Manson stole from the Beatles, and now we're stealing <laughs> it back. <laughs> There's no way I, I couldn't I couldn't do that justice, but okay. <laughs> but um, but yeah, it's a great. It's a, the movie's cool. If you you know, obviously, if you're a music fan, just because. Um, you know, Foo Fighters did that this with the um, with that HBO uh, series. Remember they were they were going to different um, different Sonic locations, highways. Sonic Highways, where they went. You know, they 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 and DC they they went and met with Bad Brains and with Ian uh, Ian uh, like well, just Ian McKay. Ian, Ian McKay. I forgot his last name. Austin um, Rick Rubin. Yep, and then they did um, some stuff. You know, country stuff down here. They went to Seattle and, and um, they went with the uh, met with he met with. Um, the original producer of Nirvana's Bleach. So, you know, um, and so this was kind of the same thing with the, the with um, Right on the Home. They went to all these, you know, defining uh, cities that, that define rock and roll to this day. So it's it's really cool if you're a music fan. And the album's good. And the, the album's great. I mean, yeah. they, look, it was, that was a hard album to pick a song for, oh, for the playlist. Well, it, it has one of my, my I, I, at least top two of uh, favorite U2 songs, with, which is All I Want Is You, is... By far their best ballad for sure, but probably probably my favorite song. You know, of, of the I associate that song more with uh, reality bites. Yeah, me that, too. Yeah, than yeah, any, yeah, You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah like it, it's you forget that it's on that album. It, yeah, you think, oh, it's a song from the reality bites soundtrack. Yeah, but, <laughs> but no, this is so <clears throat> a lot of cool things about about uh, and I, you know, I'm not talking specifically about Rattle and Hum, just about you two and. I know Gilbert and I yesterday we were talking about the Zoo TV tour, where we weren't really sure where it landed. Was it, it was the the tour for Octoon Baby, but then it also became the tour for Zoropa. Um, but they actually the tour actually kind of started at a small scale, like production wise, and then it escalated the longer that they went, and it got to the point where like they were thinking we don't know if we could afford all this because if you look at their stages they're fucking out of control oh, it's crazy yeah so this is something i didn't know was they were able to to make phone calls like on stage to famous yeah. people and then they actually part of it took place during the presidential election and they were trying to get bush on the phone and they never did but he would try to reach out to madonna she would never answer like in front of tens of thousands of people did they call the space station or like did they was that they, one of them? No, I, I think that was part of like how it started. Like oh. I've seen that video too, but I think that was just part of the production. Oh, gotcha. But they would they would they would order they would call this fishmonger, and and like order fish from that guy like in different venues. Uh, Bono would order pizza <laughs> for for the for the crowd. So, I mean, eventually they became the standard for what what a, a major concert should look like right you know with the staging and and i mean but uh, you know they try to get a hold of boris yeltsin bill clinton on um, like it was it, it's fucking hilarious but you know they i mean think about look at rattle and hum and then look at uh like the stages and and and, well, and all the yeah. production like for from the beginning of the zoo tv tour throughout how the stages got bigger, the technology got extremely elaborate. So that well, I thought that was interesting. Well, and, and Rat, you know, when Rattle and Hum was shot, they were still like an arena band. Yeah. At the time, you know, Zuropa and all these are, you know, the, the Zoo TV tour that they were, you know, packing stadiums. Yeah. Think about think about they, they would they would sell out stadiums, sixty thousand 
uh, people's stadiums. Multiple nights, like in and, cities. In minutes. In yeah. No. In minutes. No. Like, it's, it, yeah. It's, and, uh, have any of you guys ever seen them live? No, no. man. That's, a, no, that, like, them and Foo Fighters are the two two people that I got to see. And Nirvana. Right. Well, there's not a chance, unless they do the hologram. <laughs> the. the... <laughs> All right. All right, Eric, you got you got stuff? Well, I'm not as deep as my Nirvana impaired friend, but I just really like these songs, man. It's everything counts. It's just I like listening to live music every once in a while. And I find it more I enjoy it more with rock music and and punk because it feels like I'm watching. You know, I could imagine myself being in there and and it's that audience interaction and and, and hearing like audience members, I a lot of them don't do it, but like you see, like a like they'll just bring on people from stage and start singing songs yeah. to live albums. But as far as the songs I chose, they're just personal favorites of mine, and and it's it's stuff that I listen to a lot. I, I there's no story behind them. I just yeah. really like them. You know, it, well, it, I'm sorry, I'm not as deep as no, you no, no. But you know what? It, it's I'm shallow. This, I get it. No, I am. <laughs> this is this is a. Uh, you actually touched on on the most important thing I think that we all feel is when you listen to live songs, it feels like you're there. I mean, I'm gonna get a little poetic here. Oh but boy. this yeah, is here we go. But <laughs> I, no, no, relax, we're just fucking with you, man. <laughs> I, I don't know where you're I'm I'm relaxed. Okay. I don't, did you see me get worked up? Yeah, yeah. I saw I saw it coming out. I saw it don't, no, no. don't don't let me interrupt you, Edgar and Poe. Go ahead. No. You could have picked a better poet than Edgar Allan. Uh, that's the only one I know. I'm not, that, I'm, not that, I'm not that smart. So, you know, there's, you know, there, there's a video that that I, and I know Eric's seen it, but I, like I sent it to him, and I, and I, I think this video makes every time I watch it, I feel like I'm there. Which is, it's a, it's a live uh, version of "In Keeping Secrets of Silent Earth" from Coheed and Cambria, because one of the coolest things I, I love about watching live music why didn't this make it on your list carlos That's, because that shit is fucking amazing because the song like is eight minutes, minutes long, long. yeah <laughs> but, man that's a good one yeah but it, it's you know there's nothing more that that gets me that gives me goosebumps or gets me excited when you hear the crowd's interaction you know like and and that song when it breaks down and you see like people jumping on top of each other and singing along. Like, look, I'm getting goosebumps now. Like every time I watch that video, I could smell the fog machine. I could feel like the heat of other people. You know, like it, it's, it, there's no better experience than when you're at a live show. And especially at those moments where, dude, they get emotional. Like um, when, the, when the Beatles played Shea Stadium, which was their first stadium show in the U.S., the Beatles are coming. Yeah, if you watch that, sh <laughs> if you watch that concert, it felt like more people went to the hospital than bought tickets because of emotional breakdowns and people passing out. Like it's women going into convulsions. You know, like it, it's. They used to have it in Michael Jackson concerts too. Yeah, we see people passing out. passing out. But that's the overwhelming power that a musician and music has over people is amazing. Like you, you said, the story Rudy cried. There's there's a song that I actually had on our playlist and I took it out 50 million times, which was Oasis, uh, Don't Look Back in Anger. But it was different people singing it. Like I, at first I had put the 21 Pilots version and then Chris Martin. And then now I will say, I wish 
we had the reactions in concerts like they do in Glastonbury or in Mexico or in because hundreds of thousand people, you know, how do you feel as a musician when you see hundreds of thousands of people singing back your song? You know, like, and then every time I watch a different version of Don't Look Back in Anger and you hear everybody singing the, so Sally, like, you know, where the singer just stands back and goes, fuck, you know, like, you only get that experience at a live show. It's my everything counts moment. Yeah, so, <laughs> but like, it, it's, you know, so while we did this, Dude, I, I got emotional thinking like, fuck, I miss live shows. You know, like it was when, um, you know, last year, last year was it the year before we had uh, Elton John. And um, I didn't get a chance to watch any of the show, but uh, I did make it out to, um, fuck, what's the song? Rocket Man. No. <laughs> such a dick. No, not Rocket Man. I'm still standing. No, but that, that song would have been great to come out to the... Candle in the Wind. No. Uh, uh, fucking Feeling Like a True... Sir? No, that's I'm that's, Still Standing. Still stand no, here. that's not that one. What the fuck is it? Uh, um, I know come. why they call it the blues. Yes! Good job. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> that was a joke. That was supposed to be a joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that shit always reminds me of Tommy Davidson, I think, making a joke about that. Yeah. Those but, aren't blues, bro. <laughs> yeah. No, but, like children. Yeah, but but when everybody's singing that, you know, like dude, that gave me goosebumps. And then you're I'm watching everybody sing along, and then I look at the stage and you're like, God damn it, that's fucking Elton John. You know, like that's like you're like, holy shit. Like, you know, you get to appreciate those moments where you, you don't yeah, you, know, you could listen to a CD, but but when you watch like the magic of a live show and moments that you know you're never gonna get you know, on an album or, you know, like I was talking to Gilbert, one of the, my favorite moments to watch is the kiss guy in the Foo Fighters live show. Right, like, awesome. dude. I, and when imagine the next day when it actually hits that kid, like, Holy shit. I just played a Foo Fighters song on stage with Dave Grohl. And what in was the kiss makeup and kiss makeup? <laughs> How about what was the, what was the video that I sent you some time ago, Eric, where the, the kid keeps the like, oh, with Billy Green Joel, Day. with Green yeah. Day, that he plays the song and then and then uh, Billy Joel looks at him and goes, hey, keep that. That's yours. Like, and you see the kid like, what? Like, you know, you only see that in live shows like shit. Um, no, just the, think of what they make you do live shows, man. Yeah. And there's, there's even when we went to face to face, like there's points where you have to restrain yourself because you want to get into the pit with kids, and you're like, yo, I'm, not, I'm almost fifty, I don't want to. Yeah, yeah. But, but you, you like, you get this. It just, it lifts you up, man, yeah. and you just want to move and dance and and do your shit, dude. What, like, and it, and it has to do with the crowd too, the energy of the crowd. Oh also, yeah, right. It's yeah. not just the band. But. Like and look, we we all have cool stories of live shows. Like uh, you with Courtney Love, Eric. Oh, that was yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that one. Yeah, and then uh, in, in Lollapalooza, when I hit the person in the head with the Gatorade bottle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I forgot that we went that we saw Hole. Holy oh, shit! I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah, like it, it was, you know. Lidwam, 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 Lidwam. Did she go with us to that? Yeah, she was with us at that show. Oh, that's right. And then, uh, yeah, because I, I went with her to see the Cranberries also. Okay. And uh, which, yeah, which was, it was actually at the same place we saw Lenny Kravitz, Gilbert. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. So, and we literally, like, we were like 10 rows away from the stage. And then um, it was right after No Need to Argue came out. And when she sings that song live, or when she sang that song live, dude, it's your eyes get watery just because she has this haunting voice, you know, and it's, and it's, you know, like it's those moments, you don't get them on an album. Mm -hmm. I was, you ever watch those videos where it's people reacting to music for the first time? Oh, this is the best. The so blind I, people? The what? The blind people when they hear music for the first time? No, no, no. Like, let's say... Like, I'm just being an asshole. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so... Nothing against yeah. the blind or the like, hearing impaired. Like, you know, with people that are hip-hop fans that listen to metal for the first time and then... Oh, they, yeah. Oh, those are awesome. Yeah. Like, so, the, the two brothers? Yeah, those guys are awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they became huge Tool fans just because of doing that. But I saw one today that it was a girl listening to Comfortably Numb for the first time. And she breaks down and cries, like, just listening to it. it like, the that music is powerful, man. And then when you get it live, like, look, I'm, I'm getting goosebumps again just thinking about little moments that we had. Like, uh, you know, e even in intimate shows, even in Cheers, like, when all of us are singing, like, you know, even with the milkshake song, we're all going, oh, 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 oh. Like, yeah. you know, when you hear, a, like, all of that in a live show, we talked about the energy of Matt and Kim live, that two people demand that much attention and get, you know, 10, 12,000 people jazzed up. They, they, um, there's one of those, um, reaction videos to, to one of the, uh, to the Nirvana one, to, uh, Where Did You Sleep Last Night, the Ledbury color cover. Yeah. And it's people that, you know, probably never even heard of, the, of not only that song, but just Nirvana in general. And, you know, because, I mean, you hear, and that song especially, you hear like Kurt's anguish in that, you know what I mean? And he, there's that moment at the end when he, he kind of gathers himself, like he opens his eyes and kind of gathers himself. Yeah. yeah. And then he does that big exhale and, and or inhale and exhale. And then um, and people are like, are just floored of seeing, you know, that kind of uh, emotion. So I guess emotes, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's... I, and you know it, it's this was like every list that we do it's fucking hard to put this shit together because oh, yeah. you start remembering like we like, we didn't talk about live i mean we didn't talk about queen and live aid you know queen as iconic as they are weren't even the focus of that concert you know like they got sandwiched between uh u2 and david bowie and God, it would have been so much funner if it was like like Talk Talk or it's like some obscure 80s band. <laughs> no, but I, well, I mean, if you remember live, it was everybody like the, it was you Led had, Zeppelin. Yeah, set, yeah. yeah, you had Led Zeppelin. And then for those guys to wreck it the way they did when they had when they were they were absent for a while from the scene. Radio Gaga. That to, oh. me, that to yeah. me is one of my it's, it's no, just a memory them, that's ingrained in my head. Yeah. One of the coolest things I've ever seen when everybody, yeah, you know, yeah. And, and it's just wow, this guy's owning and he's just moving across the stage. And oh, we've he's talked such, about this before, yeah, dude. He's yeah, such a rock, you know, star. it's just yeah. it's incredible, yeah. That, and, a and a white beater at that, yeah, <laughs> and yeah, white pants, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but there was that's that's, a, that's every Cuban here in Miami, <laughs> <laughs> that's about. but that's there's you know, there's just people that are born to be stars, like. Freddie Mercury was born to be Freddie Mercury. Like there's, there's no, you can't picture like Freddie Mercury, the massage therapist or, you know, the, the accountant, 
the accountant. You know, it's like, <laughs> but he, that's why when I when I added the, uh, I mean, doing doing under pressure alone is awesome enough. Listening to him do it live, but to add that the back and forth, which I mean, dude, imagine they used it for the Olympics, like that. That's how big it was. I mean, and other little live moments like Janet Jackson's titty in the Super Bowl, like uh, you know, there's. <laughs> you know like it, the first time when michael jackson moonwalked at uh was it the grammys like the first no, Mot the motown 25 the motown 25 like there's How do you remember that guys because it's amazing this is a music podcast here oh. i mean eric i don't know <laughs> but there's there's so many moments like that that i mean we can go on and on but um but i think we're Almost at three hours of this shit, or two and a half. Maybe? Two hours, yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, I have some little facts here that I'll go over, and then Eric, you have a fact for the day. I do, and and it's in relation to bands. All right, all right, cool. So I'm gonna go through these real quick, and then that way you you drop some uh, some knowledge on all of us. So these were uh, monumental moments within the last, uh, you know, within this uh, within the year 2000s. So obviously we talked about it, the hologram of Tupac Shakur in Coachella alongside uh, Snoop and Dr. Dre. Uh, the special effect was a reported cost of anywhere from $100,000 to $400,000. That company went uh, went bankrupt. Yeah, so there like goes, that company doesn't exist anymore. There goes your hopes so, of ever seeing Kurt Cobain. I know. <laughs> so speaking, uh, and I'm going to tie this to Matt and Kim, but on February, uh, February 2013, uh, you know who DJ Bauer is, uh, Eric? No, no, Gilbert. Um, the the Harlem Shuffle guy. The Harlem okay. Shake. The Harlem Shake. Sorry, Harlem Shake. Sorry. So he released that album, and it became one of the biggest things to do live. The coolest one is Matt and Kim by far. Yeah, because they, I mean, to get an entire venue to be oh. part of the video. You never seen like, it, Eric? I have some. I have some homework. Oh yeah. No, yeah, it's it's really good. Yeah. And then, hey, but, but but you know what? Honorable mention. If you're gonna say the Miami Heat, I'm gonna turn you off. The Miami Heat. Right, <laughs> <laughs> and Eric's. I mean, Gilbert's muted. <laughs> but uh, wow, it already looks like it's gonna be amazing. Yeah. The thumbnail is just them and an empty empty yeah. arena. Yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. The, yeah, they record their part and then they get people to do it on wow. the show after. Cool. But um, that one. No, you know what's a good one too? The one at the Denny's. When all the kids get kicked out after they do it, that I don't remember that one. Yeah, I'm gonna have to look up Harlem Shuffle videos, Harlem yeah. Shake videos, right? Yeah, Harlem yeah. Shake, yeah. or Harlem Shuffle, yeah. right? I don't Har know. Where was I no. in 2017? Harlem Shake, Harlem Shake. Jesus, Harlem Shuffle is, is something else. All right, so um, January 2010, uh, the U.S. Justice Department approves a controversial merger between two of its biggest players, Ticketmaster and uh live nation when you know they're not together they're separate companies they well they merged. They, oh, they, they, oh, they merged oh they merged okay they used to oh which it, what sucked about that was everything eddie vetter fought for and all these guys fought for to uh populate cheaper tickets was ruined the moment the justice department uh let those two merge because that's a, a that's a monopoly they monopolize that it. shit is crazy, man. Those service charges, man. Insane. And then when you cancel, you have to cancel. You don't get that service charge back. Yeah. 
Yep. That shit is, is brutal, man. Yeah, and then the, they had the nerve to say that this is a great win for fans when they when they unified. There, there was a there was what is it called like a, when they do those mass lawsuits like a yeah those yeah oh yeah, yeah um, oh wow yeah uh, God, whatever yeah, anyways yeah. I, I I was able to get some free concerts because of that class action um, class, class action, action lawsuit yeah. they had one and they gave bands uh fan the the people that purchase tickets between a certain time um access to certain shows so i was able to watch a few concerts for free because of that although i've overpaid i hope that hoodie and the blowfish concert was worth it oh yeah (laughs) it was really limited what they they offered trust me like disney on ice and shit hey don't fucking fuck with disney on ice i went i was i I went to what i missed i went went to flashlight i went to the mirror they don't have that one anymore Oh, is, I, why, I, is it a, is it is it a dangerous toy now? No, no, no. It okay. just they just don't. I was in Disney on Ice last year. Oh, snow cones. Oh, snow cones oh, in the cup in the Mickey Ears cup. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's 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 downgraded a lot. It's not. Uh, it's not it's, as cool. No, no. Like it, not a lot of people go to it. It's like maybe three thousand. Shit. Next thing you know, they'll get rid of the Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's sad to watch now live is the the Harlem Globetrotters. Did you get a few hundred people? Like you remember back when we were kids, it was a thing. Like it was, but all right. So here's the other uh, the other uh, mention. Here was from 2009 to 2011. U2 dragged a metallic spaceship-like claw to accompany its global concert tour. The towering structure, coupled with LED light plasma uh, light spasms, and elaborately choreographed two-hour show helps the band break attendance records at more than 60 venues at a time, dwindling music sales. At the time of dwindling music sales, leading to an explosion of copycat strategies and soaring ticket prices. So the reason why you wait all this time before a show starts with like a cool stage and music and bullshit is because of you too. And that's how they're able to like generate business (laughs) for goddamn Bono. But... Yeah, so they they set that standard for live music, and then um, lastly, I I didn't know this story because I I always found it weird anytime I looked up uh, like the best live performances ever that Radiohead at Glastonbury always came up. Fuck Radiohead, man! I went to see them at the arena. There's a sonic youth of, of this. <laughs> and, 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 and the people around me were getting pissed because I kept saying, "When are you gonna play Creep? When are you gonna play Creep?" So I kept doing that the entire. So I was I was working late one night, and then somebody at, at my job like, "Hey, you want to go to a show?" I was like, "Fuck it, man! I, I want to get out of this office." And it was a Radiohead concert. So we went over there, and we're sitting. <laughs> And I was like, you know what? How can how bad can it be? It's a live show, dude. Yeah. It's so I just I I went full Eric mode. Yeah. Gonna play some creep, <laughs> dude. Everybody kept looking back. The the the, the gonna the, play some creep. Yeah, my coworkers looking at me, just hating me. Like, what the fuck? Why did I bring this guy? <laughs> I was I, I I always used to gonna fuck play with, some um, creep. Was, yeah, uh, it's like the Skinner thing, you know, yeah. like that annoying Skinner guy. I did it with Creep, man. Although, okay, computer, I'll let them have that. That's pretty good. But man, Radiohead's another band that right under Sonic Youth. Yeah, you guys are hyping them way too much. Yeah. I used to, I used to fuck with Eddie Goyanis about that all the time. About Why? What? About Radiohead? He, he was, yeah, he's a huge Radiohead fan. 
Oh, for real? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you All know right. what song I do like from from Radiohead? Fake Plastic Trees. Yeah, that, that's, that's a, a great song. song. Yeah. yeah, but everything else. Yeah, that that creep and creep. Play creep. Get over yourself. I, I was okay, man. I was a few beers in, and uh, I just was obnoxious as fuck. <laughs> Play some creep. I, I I would never you picture never, never. picture like that at a concert. <laughs> yeah. That's a, you know what's I so in the no doubt show to spend hours trying to find Derek and watching him run around like he makes an appearance. He's like, hey, how's it going? And then he disappear again and then listening to a half hour conversation about ski lifts and I don't know where the fuck he is. <laughs> at one point I was like, hey, can I get a beer? <laughs> yeah, and then he doubted me. He's like, there's no ski lifts here. I'm like, Carlos, I am looking at a ski lift. That's so awesome. We're yeah. in Florida. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they're like the ones that take you across like the county fair. Uh, yeah, That's yeah, what yeah. He was referring to. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> then, uh, dude, like I, I just remember walking up to people that work there. Is there a ski lift here? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and then oh, I man. remember also we ran into a group of people that you were talking to that there were like a bunch of young kids that were drinking and apparently you, they gave you a beer. Yeah, I started drinking with them because yeah. I couldn't find my friend and they were worried about me. <laughs> and, and it was funny because you had left there. And then I guess you described him to me like he's a tall brown guy. And then they're like, are you looking for your friend? Yeah, he was just here with us having beers. We're worried about him. And then... <laughs> that's so funny. It's like you had to, you had to go get clues around around yeah, around West Palm Beach. Like like no, it was a sealed area. Yeah. It, was, it was an enclosed area. So, yeah, I was... mean, I'd eventually hit a fence. Yeah, it was like a fucking Scooby-Doo adventure finding oh, this bro. fucking guy. I'm That's so awesome. sorry for the shit I put you guys through, man. Yeah, sometimes. Uh, I swear to God. No, they're, they're like, all... I reflect on those and I was like, wow. What, bro. Like, what else will we talk I, about on the podcast? You know, it's good to know that there's yeah. people that care about you yeah. in the world. Yeah, man. no, there's some that we'll never... And I appreciate never, you guys never, every day, believe yeah, we'll, it or not. There's some that we'll never bring up, you know? Yeah. So, but I love you guys, man. Hey, man we I really we do. love you too, man. We love you too, man. All right, so... Radiohead. Overrated. <laughs> Overrated. So this is this was the legend of of the story. <laughs> so and as you imagine, this is how it starts off. So 1997, how Radiohead saved uh, the Glastonbury Festival. Yeah. Everything went wrong. That's how it starts. It had been pouring for days. Two stages had sunk into the mud where there were reported cases of trench foot from the attendees. Jesus. From the Bigfoot? The trench, <laughs> trench foot. <laughs> they saw a Yeti hey, By the way, before you continue, Tom York wrote this article? Right. No, no, he ever, Tom, Tom, Tom oh. Loke. Everybody <laughs> sounds like a, like, like, like a pretentious fan he, wrote that. No, Tom Loke, huge fan of Radiohead. Um, but no, so no, this was actually, I, wa I want to say, um, I'll look up the site in a minute and tell you where it came from, but it, it was it was legit. So everything went wrong. People had seen Bigfoot, apparently, according to Gilbert. Um, <laughs> and there were, the signs were bad. And then Radiohead went on stage. and Everywhere only... a sign? Yeah. Sorry, I can't stop. Stop, yeah. Eric. <laughs> so... Tesla spotted Radiohead. <laughs> no, says the signs were bad. And when Radiohead went on stage, it only got worse. <laughs> they didn't play Creep. No. 
The light, the lighting rig was shining directly in Tom York's face. His monitor melted down, and they couldn't hear themselves play. Lucky them. Yet, yet despite this chaos, they delivered one of the band's most epic performances. Tom York uh, ran off stage in complete rage, and persisted through their and he persisted through their catalogs, uh, adding twists and fires to it. Like you know he. He tried to hype up his own songs, yet what he didn't know was afterwards when, and I'm sorry because I jumped ahead, he had stormed off stage and he was furious. He was ready to kill somebody, according to him, and his girlfriend grabbed him and said, stop, turn around and listen, and apparently everybody was Bullshit. in love with him. <laughs> but you know, it's funny. So his monitor melted, but he was okay. He powered through it. He powered through it. Now, such a douchebag. Stop. <laughs> listen. Yeah. I thought she was going to say stop collaborating. Listen. But oh, yeah. my That's what God. I would have No, So, but if it's what's because I, I found it weird. Like every time I would look that up, like I'd expect to hear, you know, stories from, you know, Metallica. And speaking of great performances, when he did the when Metallica did the one with uh, the symphony, that was a fucking cool show. That was an awesome show. But um, but you you expect, you know. Guns N' Roses, uh, you know, Jimi Hendrix, Elton John, all these. And then, but Radiohead kept on coming up. And I'm like, the fuck this cross-eyed, lazy-eyed motherfucker? Oh, my God, that's horrible. Yeah. No. yeah. But listen, but one more thing. He said that, so, that Tom York was ready to kill somebody. Who's really afraid of that little guy? Apparently, <laughs> the Bigfoot that was at Glastonbury. <laughs> hey, man, but that's one festival that I wish Oh, I would I love to go. To. Yeah. Dude, I, uh, sp- speaking of a cool live a moment when Arcade Fire plays Wake Up at the Glastonbury Festival and you watch that and imagine there's at least 20,000 people that play in that band. Yeah. Like it, it's, you know, you got all these people and then you hear the, when they do the oh, oh, and then you see everybody waving their country's flag. Like that's a cool Glastonbury moment when you see all these people. But I wish I would see that in American shows. Like that, like I said, what you see in Brazil, what you see in Mexico, what you see in in Europe, like I wish we were better fans. Like I hate to say this, like I don't think, but I don't think there's a, those those um, the there's not that the, they're not that big, right? Like the they there's these these shows have been like I mean I'm talking about the venues, like right these, the Glastonbury's yeah, yeah, been, been established. Yeah, that's been going on for years. You know what I mean? So like like I don't think anybody you know like it's not gonna happen at Coachella because everybody's too busy taking selfies. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, but years. no. Let's see. Going on for 50 years. Oh, forever. But let, I mean, let me look at it this way. Let's look at what the attendance is for Glastonbury. It's over 100,000 people for sure. Yeah, but so is Coachella. So is Bonnaroo. So is. This is great podcasting right here. Yeah, this is <laughs> two hundred thousand people. Two hundred thousand. Now let's... there's no sh- there's no show in my in my I was supposed to say Miami. <laughs> for let's see let's see ninety nine ninety nine. Well, that's that's for what Coachella, and that's probably between each day each day each day. Okay, each day. Okay, there we go. So Austin City limits approximately four hundred and fifty thousand people attend the festival every year. But yeah, that's but the, the festival, right. yeah. But but also Glastonbury's multiple days. So are you? Is that total attendance? Period. Yeah, but no, but but that's the. I'm assuming. I mean, I don't know, but I'm assuming the 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 Austin City Limits thing is like people 
going down to you know it's not just a show i think it's the whole everything no, around it's austin Cine it's it's specifically the no it, this so is there's the, no way 450,000 people fit no they know they attend, well you haven't been there gilbert it's a giant, I, I have been to, no, i've been there to it's a you park been to glastonbury no no, no. to Zilker so, park Zilker yeah park. the park where austin where those acl is it's fucking huge Oh, I always thought it was spread out throughout the city, and they had venues, kind of like a yes, or yes, yes. There's that, there's that also. Like I think Jazz Fest does that. Like they have the the park, yeah. But they also have performances throughout the city, yeah, right? Punk rock, so, same as punk rock bowling too, right? So, so Zilker Park is like the the state or the city park. It's huge, and then but yes, they have little concerts and, and venues, like I mentioned before. So, but yeah, it's all week. It's it's like winter music conference, like. You have where they do ultra and then minus the rave, minus the rave, and then you have <laughs> like that's when when I told you that I saw Lord, they was there, and then so yeah, they have the park where that's where all the major bands are, but then you know like Stubbs Barbecue will hold a, a a little concert, and and then they also have an indoor venue where they do Austin City Limits, like uh, I forgot, like I think it was like Access TV used to show like the performances there, Palladium, Palladium. So yeah, that was a great, great show, uh, channel. That's the yeah. one that would show the the Holland Oaks show too. Yeah, mm. somebody's house or garage. Yeah, and and Daryl's house. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. So Tom York is a superhero. God. That is, I, after all the shit you said about him, you complained that I complained about his eye. <laughs> yeah, but that's like he has no control of that. Like everything else. He has enough money where he can get that fixed, bro. Is that fixable? Uh, Michael Bisbing has a fake eyeball and you can't tell the difference until you zoom into his face. He just has a lazy eye. You could just you could look at this. We spent way too much time on Tom. He just York. offended like a lot of people right now. Yeah. Yeah. You anyway, so did you, like and please take this with a grain of salt, but um, Cause I got, I got it. I got it from Reddit. <laughs> so Finland has the most metal bands per capita. Yes. Okay. According to um, a Reddit user created a map using data from encyclopedia Metallum's archives of metal bands. And Finland is home to the most bands with 53 metal bands, okay. 53.5 metal bands per every 100,000 people. Yeah. Second place was tied between two other Nordic nations, Sweden and Norway, with 27.2. And I Iceland stole third with 22.7. What the fuck is going on in that part of the world? Yeah. Everybody's so Especially since it originated between the United Kingdom and the United States, where we only have 5.5 and 5.2 per every 100,000 people. I think I was born in the wrong place. I need to go yeah. where all these aggressive people are. So, <laughs> fuck yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, man. So that yeah, man, awesome. you, you'd think that metal would be bigger here, man. Those but people, no, those people it's are, the cold weather. It's yeah, the cold weather. Those people are fucking warriors, man. Yeah, it like, makes you angry. Yeah, dude, look at, look at during the World Cup that doom, doom, woo, oh, like that, that shit. is the best. Dude, that but that's a, that, that's a Viking chant, right? The I, I That's don't... Iceland that does that, right? Is yeah, but yeah, it's all those Nordic <gasps> places. Bro, yeah. And and they use skull, like that's like how they toast. And you know what skull comes from? They're saying that there's an attachment because Viking warriors after battle, they would drink from the skulls. Ah, 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 
that's metal. That's we'll metal. take it forever, motherfucker. <laughs> Shit. That's that's metal as fuck. Drinking out of somebody's. Yeah, man. Like, like just like, but was that out of respect to the the person that they killed, or just no, like man, a that fuck was you conquest, bro? Yeah. Like I am man right now. I just fucked you up. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. We, I would have never made it as a Viking. Now you have the beard for it, though. I have the beard. Maybe yeah. some aggression. Yeah. Yeah. They, you know, they actually they were groomers too. They they actually groomed themselves a lot yeah. and wore makeup like Gilbert and his eyeliner. So yeah. See, like more culture I, to Vikings than you think. They were well, farmers you, too. They weren't really warriors. Yeah. So they were very, and yeah, you guys say. maybe. I mean, like maybe like six foot four brown definitely wouldn't fit in there. Shit. You know. You'd be like, surprised. Arthritic knees. You know, hey man, <laughs> they were a very open people, I guess. You yeah, know, experimental but, people. Yeah, but it's cold there. The arthritis in my knees would be horrible. Like, <laughs> you know, like, it'd be bad. Well, well, I'm glad that after this show, I am going to look at the Denny's Harlem Shake and the Matt and Kim Harlem Shake mm. or uh, Harlem Shuffle. I'm sorry. Yeah. Is it Harlem? Harlem Shake. Harlem, Harlem Shake. shake right? Yeah. And then, so a, a quick shout out to, uh, you know, they said we talked about the festivals and then we, there's a lot of venues that you know, I mean, you gotta that we gotta mention in the in the history of live music. Um, you know, we 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 did mention uh, Royal Albert Hall a few times, uh, but the like in the United States, the Red Rocks. I mean, I, that's that's a bucket list. I've always I would always want to see a concert there. Um, Jimi Hendrix played there. The Beatles, Blues Brothers, uh, U2 filmed the uh, Blood Red Sky uh, there or Under the Blood Red Sky. Um, the Ryman Auditorium in Nashville, which be- was the original Grand Old Opry, uh, which prior to that was a church. And so the facade of it is still an old church. Um, you know, Grand Old Opry uh, moved, but Gilbert, you'll be happy to know that the Foo Fighters filmed uh, a Halloween show there in 2014. And then Stubbs, which I I will say was, it was cool for me because I happened to go while Mattis Yahoo was filming live at Stubbs, um, the, live at Stubbs 2. So it's cool that, you know, I get to watch the DVD and I was there at that show. So it literally is what it, it's a barbecue joint up front and in the back of it, like you go around the back of it and there's just a big open uh, splay, uh, space with dirt, like just ground and a stage. That's all it is. And there's phenomenal shows there. Like it looks like it should be the back parking lot of the place, right? You go around the back, and it's just dirt and a stage. And uh, it, Dave Chappelle is going to be there all week with, with Joe yeah. Rogan. With yeah, Joe, Joe Rogan. Yeah. Are you able to go to that? Ticket sold out in like a minute. Oh, <laughs> damn! That's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's that's pretty. Yeah, I, I heard uh, I heard about that on 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 the Rogan podcast when Chappelle was on there. Yeah. So, another iconic place. Uh, and again, I'm sticking to U.S. places. Uh, First Avenue, that's the name of the joint in Minneapolis, uh, known as the club where Prince filmed Purple Rain. Mm. But it's an actual mm-hmm. place. And then, of course, you got Madison Square Garden, Radio City, the Hollywood Bowl, the Beacon Theater. And Revolution. Then, uh, Revolution. Cheers. <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> cheers. Uh, but uh, Space Cadet Studios. Like, you know. <laughs> but uh, The Gorge in George Washington. Not in George Washington, but that's the name of the town. <laughs> uh, I, 
so it's funny because I look at all these venues and I realize it's every fucking Dave Matthews uh, band album. So Dave Matthews live at the Gorge, live at talk, Red Rocks, live at you know. Talk about talk about overrated. Good God, you're out of your fucking mind, dude. Those, oh, aren't, oh, those yeah. music, yeah, the most those musicians are fucking incredible. I'm sure they are. And until you see them live and when they're just playing, they're right. That's yeah. that's when I fall asleep. No, that that's because see, man, you first of all, I, you gotta I, feel I, the you gotta feel the groove, man. No, I don't like those hippie bands. Yeah, go fuck yourself. They're just. <laughs> They're just talented. Yeah, They're... yeah. Do you hate do you hate the band or the fans? A little bit of both. Yeah. So no, look, first, first of all, I'm not into like this, like not experimental. What is it called? Like jam, jam like sessions. jam sessions. Yeah. You know what? Play the hits, man. <laughs> Spoken like this a... is what I paid for. Yeah. Don't surprise I don't, me. Well, I don't, I, I, don't I don't want you. I don't the, want. The, I don't want the difference. Hit. The difference between a DJ and a musician. Yeah. Spoken like a true DJ. Hold on, before we sign off, what is the the worst live show you've ever been to. I can name mine off the top of my head, and it's a band that I like a lot, brand new. Hmm. And that shit, I saw it at the Fillmore here in South Beach, and it was so fucking boring. That I was like, I got to get out of here, man. It was just, it was, they played like, it, you know, and I know their song tends to be like kind of slower, uh, some of their songs, but they have a lot of hard shit too. And they just played all the slow stuff, and it was just like, what? Is this, is this the, the Krishna band that you like? For like an hour. No, 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 man. They actually, like, they're, they're the lead singer was part of, um, oh, God, Taking Back Sunday. Like, he was, he was like a member, and they shared a lot of songs. Like, they would talk to, to each this, other with a lot of songs. Was uh, this AFI? No, no, Brand New. Oh, oh Brand New is the name of the band. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh was, yeah. I'm like, wait. I so, thought you were. Was, I thought you were saying it's a brand new band, like you. No, saw no, 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 no. So, so it's funny because the the singer from Brand New kind of looks like the singer from AFI. So it's kind of funny mm-hmm. you mentioned that. Like, oh, I, but I it was just so boring, and I was like, wow, I was just disappointed. I think I have my my Gilbert. What's what's the worst show you've ever seen live? Um, every time that I have to hear about these stupid Dave Matthews bands, people. <laughs> No, you know no, what? No, I've never, I've never gone to like. No, no, I know. I was just joking. Um, I don't know if I've had. I, I don't know if I've had a bad experience live. To be honest, I, mm-hmm. it's it's hard for me to say that it was a horrible experience. But it, I one I saw one performer outshine the shit out of everybody, which was in the Hard Knock Life tour. I'm sorry, Gilbert, but yeah, Jay Z doesn't sound that great live. The locks didn't sound, but DMX by himself really is good. a fucking animal. Yeah, like, dude, well, because <clears throat> you know, like, it's and hey, yo, yo, bitch, hey, yo, bitch, <laughs> hey, that sounded really good. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, yeah, when he comes in, my man's in them, but you know, like that, when he comes out and he has so much energy, well, and, yeah, well, <laughs> but be sure it's the crack, yeah, but. You know, there's Jay Z's not a performer. Like, uh, like when you see him live, it's like, eh. you know, he has great songs, amazing lyricist, but there's very few times that you watch a live hip hop performance and you're fucking floored. Like when we went to see Busta Rhymes in Gainesville, Gilbert, he awesome. was fucking incredible. Awesome. Yeah, like he's a, he's a star. Ask Charlie Brown. but um you know but it was like dmx made everybody look bad 
And he was he was the one that would start the show. No, it was Met the Man and Redman opened up. And now what? Now when I saw him, Met the Man oh, and Redman weren't there. Yeah. So it was. Yeah, I think. Yeah. So they weren't there because I've never seen Method live. So it was um, like he started the show. Everything after that seemed like shit. Like you're like you know, could you just bring DMX back? <laughs> you know, like. But um, at, you actually see. What was sad too was L7 in Lollapalooza. Because everybody, no, but it's, no, no, I didn't say they sucked. Oh. It, they lost because everybody was there to see Green Day. Yeah. And they, they got the shit end of it. So, like, they, I, I'm sure they kind of lost a little bit. You know, Nick Cave in the Bad Seeds was terrible. But we were watching Perry Furl. Yeah. There. Yeah. Thanks. And then, uh, but, I don't know. Like it's, have I like to say I've seen a bad show like where I'm disappointed in? And no, I can tell you there's a show that hopefully you got the money from in that in the class action suit because we didn't go was a uh, sponge. They would have been. Oh no, I got my money back that day. Yeah, we, we, we did. Yeah, we? Yeah, 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 we got our money back. Yeah. I don't remember me getting my money yeah. back. I don't think you did. You weren't there in time. <laughs> no, we all went together. I said, oh, because I didn't buy the tickets there. Because oh. you guys got them at the Specs by Mall of the Americas, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I didn't get it there. Hey, man, they had two good songs, man. What is it? Molly, Molly and, and Cloud. The, the, yeah. the, album, the album's actually not bad. Yeah. The guy has it came a cool up on my, uh It came up on one of my playlists the other day. I was like, oh, cool. Oh, yeah. I'll listen to it every time it comes on. It was, it was actually pretty good. It's yeah. good. Say a prayer for me, say. <laughs> I like the guy's voice, dude. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then he went to join Incubus, right? Or something like that. <laughs> look at them. They look exactly the same. Right? I like, I I, you know what I, I like? Eric will drop actual facts, and then now he has our fans confused because <laughs> <laughs> now he started a fucking fake newsing it. But um, oh, man. Gilbert, you got anything to say before we wrap this bitch up? Thank you for coming out. God bless and good night. Eric, do you know where that's from? Def Comedy nope. Jam. That's how Russell Simmons used to always close out a show. And was yeah. that Martin Lawrence? No, Martin Lawrence would always bring out Russell. Yeah, yeah. He'd, oh. always, he'd go, Russell, you got anything to say to the people? And this time say something different. And he would always go, thanks for coming out. God bless. Good night. Oh, that's and, nice. Yeah. Damn, that's a good one. <laughs> but, but Martin would always give him shit because he'd always say the same shit over and over again. He's like, hey, you're going to say something different this time? Thanks for coming out. God bless. Good night. Hey, long-term consistency trumps uh, short-term intensity every time. I like that. It's Bruce Lee. I like yeah. Be uh, water. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Just thank you, everyone. You know, if you're still around, that's amazing. Yeah, dude. We're at, I mean. This is our 17th show? 20th. 20th. Oh, this was 20? Yeah. A big 2-0. Oh, we're going to we're gonna we have almost, to have a few beers for the next yeah, one. The show, we can, we can almost drink next time. Yeah, yep. the, yeah the show's 21. Uh, 21 oh, that, yeah. I'm definitely... I, I'm, I'm, I had a really good bourbon, by the way, uh, when we went camping. I had two. I, I, it was, one was Horse Soldier, mm -hmm. and the other one was uh, Knob Creek, the, the Smoked Maple. That one's nice. Holy shit, that was yeah. incredible. And it's 100 proof, and, or 90, yeah. 90 proof. You don't even does it, feel it. Oh, that's really? does, it you... taste, does it taste a little bit like Funky Buddha hard seltzer? No, it's, it's delicious, Gilbert. <laughs> Trust me, man. No, Gilbert, that's what men drink. Not 
Fuck your Buddha, hard seltzer. Listen, hey, bro. shut up, man. I drink that too, but they give me acid reflux, so I had to like try something out. <laughs> That's how much of a man you are. When you drink a seltzer, it gets you sick. That's your body going, hey, fucking uh, man up, Eric. Oh man, yeah, that's, that's probably what happened. Let's let's hope it was. All right, Eric, we missed it last week. And uh, give us give us a bye, bye. All right, Love everybody, you all. peace, everyone. Take care.